I actually went to the counter one time. I was like, hey, can you carry the larger size of this loop? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait, is this is this in preparation for your OkCupid okay date? No. Personal use. I'm not going to tell you all like, uh, my life. <laughs> I love that you're like, I'm not going to tell you the business of my life, except I need to go out and buy lube so I can jerk it. In my head, I heard like, um, video game sounds like the coin. <laughs> yes, yeah. Hide us, hide, hide from us your your dates, but do let us know when there's a coupon available for for lube at CVS. And welcome to May We Geek Again, a podcast where we cover sci-fi TV shows through the lens of philosophy and dick jokes. My name is Joe, and I'm joined by my... Fuck, I forgot to think of an adjective. What do you guys want to be today? Last week you said it was going to be pedantic, so... All right. By my pedantic (laughs) co-host. That actually seems really fair. Uh, Shaheen. Hey. Hey. And Bubs. First of her name... Wait, shit. Bubs the band. First of her name. Yes. We'll, we'll get to that in a sec. Hallowed be her name. <laughs> uh, you can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, hypothetically if iTunes has not managed to re-add us. Uh, we also love fan feedback, so feel free to come yell at us on Twitter at MayWeGeekAgain or at MayWeGeekAgain at gmail.com. And then uh, once this episode is up, Bubs will actually post it. Bubs, uh, the band, first of her name, yeah. will post it on Reddit uh, where people write us paragraphs and then we respond with, you know, gifts or whatever. This is episode 65, and we are going to be talking about The 100, season 6, episode 3. So, great to have you here, guys. Great to be here. Yay. Um, so, Bubs, the band, first of her name. Um, <laughs> I, 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 this is probably the last time I'm going to use your full title. I hope that's okay, but do you want to... I mean, this is day? a recent development, so... Yes, the rumors are true. To this. <laughs> I was blocked by the executive producer and creator of the show from which this podcast was born. <laughs> um, to all those that are sitting there like, use a salty bitch, what'd you expect? You're not alone, probably. <laughs> <laughs> um, for those who are wondering what tweet did me in, because a lot of people asked, um, I think it was probably when I replied to uh, Jason's request for feedback after the episode, and I was like, to be honest, for a show that went to a new planet, this is what baggage looks like. Which, Which I thought was, like, a wonderfully sassy little punchline. Like, <laughs> but also, like, the characters have baggage. Like, yeah, and that's, like, that's the thing. It's like, um, like, we'll get into, like, what I meant later, but um, I wasn't saying it was a bad episode. You know, on Twitter, like, Pith is prioritized over precision. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what that was about. Um, but as our friend Amy pointed out, there was another good candidate in which I called Echo a cunt twice in the same But tweet. that was on your own timeline. It was on my own timeline. Exactly. And again, I was making a point, which I can get into later. Um, <laughs> but so, like, I think that it's tough because sometimes I just want to try, um, tweeting positive things because, like, I love this show. I'm do- I'm on a podcast for the show for a reason. Like I'm not spending like hours a week on this because I hate the show oh, and I man. want it to you fail. You guys should see this run sheet. I mean, this yeah. this is the pared do down run sheet. You this is the pared down run sheet that I wrote. <laughs> this is the 
biggest ass run shit. <laughs> Which exactly. is great because now junior podcast house, this is your job now. Exactly. But like, so like with the show, like um, sometimes it feels like um, I have to like turn the other cheek to keep loving the show. And the way I see it, I have a left cheek and a right cheek. And I turn it all about and I have a left cheek and a right cheek. I've got to be frugal with my cheeks. I've got four. Like, so I I think that like, um, is one of those a butt cheek or two of them? Two I guess. of them are. Two of them are butt. Unless cheeks. I unless something's very wrong. <laughs> um, but so unless you're like a cone head, and then they like don't have a like. There's no there's no opening. It's just a solid butt cheek. And then is that our, sound like you know what? That's our '90s movie reference because I didn't have one for any other time. We got cone heads. I feel like I've used cone heads before, but whatever. I don't know. Maybe. Or you're one of those ancient creatures that the uh, Plato describes in the Symposium. You know, but the, when the two people are uh, fused together, <laughs> <laughs> so there's no butt. Um, well, I'm it's not like entirely clear if they're fused butt to butt or I mean, but here's the thing: there was still because the idea of it is that they had no uh, sexual desire because it was constantly satisfied, and so they. But they just... would still have four cheeks because there's two faces. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. continue, pups. Anyways, <laughs> to all those that liked and retweeted my drunk whiny tweets of despair or tweeted on my behalf. I thank you. <laughs> I especially want to thank you guys, the May We Geek Again host, for standing by me no matter how hot garbage I am. <laughs> That's real love, guys. <laughs> um, I mean, he, he doesn't listen to the podcast anyway, so it's right. not like it's not like we're losing access to and, absolutely nothing. Exactly. And I would like to deliver the good news that I have been unbanned or unblocked. <laughs> I'm not sure why. I'm not sure how. Maybe it was like the tweets and the re- the likes, whatever. But thank you. <laughs> so now you're, you're, you're Bubs the unblocked second of her, first, first of, of my name still. I'm first both of your, them. Both you just of, collect okay. them. I see. Like Pokemon. Oh. Yeah, um, exactly. Like thank you for that. Up. Thank you for that story. Uh, no do you have anything that you would like to add exciting about you, Shaheen? Uh, no. Okay. No. I was not banned, and I was not unbanned. Okay, cool. Um, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get into the episode details. Um, it is episode 603, Children of Gabriel, directed by Dean White and written by Drew Lindo. Um, so yeah, we, I feel like this episode, we got a lot of information thrown at us, um, and... I'm going to I'm going to say for my part um that I, I hope that there is more of a twist coming because otherwise this feels like altered carbon which I I actually really liked the premise of altered carbon which which if you if you've missed it um it was on Netflix and the idea of it is at 1 year of age every person is implanted with with a chip in the back of their neck <laughs> um <laughs> that records everything about their life and so um consciousness can be passed around like passed down passed through time really rich people can like have synthetic bodies made where it looks like them or like if you're poor and you go to prison when you come out like they give you just a shit body that you don't even want maybe it doesn't match your age like it's a very sort of interesting classism that happens on on that show but the idea of it being and i think that we got i think some some sort of um clarity on that in this episode is that 
you know, the primes have been moving through time, likely based on, you know, a, a similar chip that we see in, in the flame. Um, so, yeah, altered carbon. What would you guys think overall of this episode? <laughs> um, I feel like... Um, so I'll get to the uh, altered carbon aspect of it, but, but I feel like... It, um, you know, I was saying I like the callbacks to season one, the, uh -huh. the throwbacks to season one. And now I do, there's but too like, many. I feel like yeah, it's a little, a little too sim. It's getting a little too similar to season one and parts of season two. And it's, it's. I mean, it's, throwbacks are nice, but at some point it will just become self plagiarism. So <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if anyone else feels that way. Um, it just feels like, you know, they landed on Earth, there's grounders, and there's Mount Weather. And Did you guys feel like there was, like, a lot of chanting? Like, chanting? Like, we had it when they were, when they were, like, uh, when the quote-unquote grounders were, like, you know, saying, like, death is life, death is life, you know, whatever. Oh, like just yeah. And then, like, before that, we had had, like, all of the group chanting with, um, with the people inside the dome. Like... There's was that just with the a, Tai Chi? Yeah, well, the Tai Chi and then just, like, any of them, like, saying, like, you know, something about the primes or whatever. Like, yeah. there was just a lot of, like, group speaking. Yeah. Um, which is a little, which is always creepy. Um, but I, it, it kind of felt like killing time on the show. Like, when they were chanting it, like, when the quote-unquote grounders were chanting it, like, cutting off that one of their people's heads. And you're like... All right, like, can we actually have some content here? Like, <laughs> like this is 15 seconds of you guys just chanting. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that was just my own It didn't seem out to me. Um, but I definitely, I think that it is, like, symptomatic of the show. Like, we have all these phrases that we repeat in, like, a chant-like way. Like, may we meet again. Mm -hmm. Um... I was going to say it is known as we know that's Game of Thrones, yeah. <laughs> um, but there's other ones. There's like I can't think yeah, of off the top of my head. Has but... like their own things, yeah. But like yeah. saying it over it. and over. You're, yeah, you're going players or them. Oh no, I get what you're saying. So like specifically, like cheering for a thing. Um. Yeah, like it's one thing to like you know like for like everyone to say like bless you after someone sneezes, but like to spend. 10, 15 seconds being like, death is life, death is life. Like, we get it. We got it. Got it. Yeah, awesome. I know. That was very much like a, a hammer over the head in terms of, like, what they're all about. Yeah. yeah. Like, we, we definitely not haven't a... figured out what um, what's happening, at least for – because we're very early into the season. Yeah. And there's a lot of information already. So this goes into, like, what I want to talk about when we go over the um, – the intro slides, or what are they, what are they called? The intro sequence. Um, yeah. Because I do think that this season... So, I, I'm kind of with Shaheen that there's a lot of similarities. And this was, like, partially what my, like, baggage comment was about. Um, there's a lot of similarities to, like, if season one, two, and three had a baby, like, this is that baby. <laughs> um, and... I, I mean, there's Jasper and Maya, there's everything. Yeah, and and there's even, like, <laughs> oh, no, I think that's different. I won't bring it up now. Uh, but, um, for example, I think that this, um, the conflict that they're setting up right now, like, in season three, won't actually be the main conflict. Okay. 
and we'll get into that later. Okay. Okay. Um, are you guys ready to get into the actual episode, or do you yeah. have any more hot takes? Did you feel that way at all, Joe? That there's like uh, they could have gotten a little more creative, imaginative with um, this, and not repeated so much of season one. I mean, so here's the thing: like, I, I would say that I feel like the the whole tone of the show has changed, um, and so in some ways, like, I could see them using that as a way to be like, "Remember, this is where we came from." But at the same time, like. It also reinf- like reusing all of that stuff also just really reinforces this new like kind of cheesier direction that the show is going in. Um, so yeah, like I don't know if it really bothered me so much as like I'm just not trying to like poke poke too deep into it. Does that make sense? Mm. <laughs> I'm just like you know what? All right, this is the ride that we're on. Yeah, I, I feel like, but no, I I agree that like with what you said, like. The Nightbloods are back. Like, we're going to have more flames. Um, yeah, I do enjoy that continuity and the fact that they're using the the, the flame uh-huh. and the Nightblood and stuff to create new drama. I like that they're u- I always look like it when stories Shane just use. wants to go back to the City of Light. <laughs> when they use familiar elements from the ontology of the uh-huh. own universe to create new drama. Mm-hmm. Uh, instead of, like, you know, making new things up. Mm-hmm. Which will make the universe more and more arbitrary, um, but this will you know tie it together more and make it more self-contained and you know so I, I enjoyed that aspect of it and that's definitely not from season one or two and that's new. So. Okay, Sorry. so yours are separate. I think my issues are that we are bringing baggage into it when we could have started more fresh because we're like on a new planet. <laughs> Um, you would think that I very much like, I guess for me, I just want the characters to say the same as like what we loved. And then everything else is like up in the air. Like it's a new, like I said, it's a new planet. You could do literally every, anything. Um, so the fact that so much is geared into this, like it would have been nice if there was like a, a really mysterious like B plot about like this stuff but like it's very much like in your face the main thing right now and like i said maybe that'll change maybe like this is just a front for like what the real battle is going to be yeah um and we'll see (laughs) yeah um all right so let's let's get in let's get into the episode itself um we kind of start right off exactly where episode two left us with uh, the little kids being like, you taking us home? And then all these grown-ups show up and there's like a bunch of guards with spears and Murphy goes into like, I don't <laughs> some sort of poison Whatever shock. Whatever that was. Some sort of seizure. I, I was like with the little kids, first of all, I was like, wait, the, what's the answer to that? What is that about? Like, they just moved on. We never got, <laughs> we never figured that out, right? It's well, just, I mean... So here's here's my crackpot theory, um, because the kids are the hosts, blah, blah, blah. And so I think that it's they reproduce. And then certain children are, for whatever reason, chosen to carry on the like identity and memories of, you know, these original settlers, these primes. Mm-hmm. Um 
And so, you know, the hosts or whatever, but at the same time, I'm like, okay, well, so obviously we're going to find out how they're chosen because it's not due to any sort of royal lineage because Jasper's, Jasper's lady friend, not Jasper's shit, Jordan's lady friend, um, you know, is, is, is a bar maiden. Um, so obviously it doesn't, you know, there's some other type of selection that happens with it. Some weird conclave thing is happening. Either that or the recessive, uh, nightblood gene, I, you know. But who knows? But like, obviously, they're doing something funky with the kids to like raise them to implant a chip. Um, so, what is home then? That's that's the question. I took it like um, a little. I less... wonder if that's going to be. I took it. A... Yeah. No, it's no, going to no. be what? Oh no! Please go. Oh, and I was just going to say. I think that maybe it wasn't. They. It was just like a cliffhanger sentence, and what they meant was because they they were clearly coming back from wherever was like the safe zone during the eclipse. Um, so as like kids, seeing like new adults, it's kind of like, oh, are you escorting us back to our houses? So I thought like maybe they were just, uh, and this comes from me looking at the opening um, sequence and and getting more of a lay of the land, um, and maybe the kids just thought that they were adults. Um, meant to like escort them back to their little villages. Well, except that okay. the adults were following them. Yeah. So yeah. that's that part kind of confuses me. Then, if the kids like were like, "Are you here to take us home?" when they were already being like shepherded by all of these adults. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I really don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm, I'm hoping. Maybe I'm they hoping. all come to this terminal and then they get, they go to. The- Maybe I'm I'm hoping that 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 line maybe means something else. That could be fun. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, so okay, and then Murphy's okay. Yeah. Okay. So so so, so lay it down, Shaheen. You have you have beef. What the? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like whoa, 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 whoa. Hold the whoa, phone, whoa, for a second. So he said he died. Okay, he said he already died. Okay, so we're skipping then, past the part about the snake. We're just we're 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 going. Murphy is healed, and now he is woken up. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the guy. What Russell? Oh, okay, got it, got it. Russell said Murphy died. Mm-hmm. Okay, but death is not so the end. He, dun, dun, he is already dun. dead. <laughs> and then and then he brought the snake, and he said this snake counteracts the whatever poison he got from the seaweed or whatever. Um. But if someone died of poison, you can't bring him back by countering the poison. Schmeitz, Shaheen. Well, Schmeitz. That, that goes into the, like what he venom have does. Died. <laughs> Say what? That goes into like what the venom does, maybe. Which is like I. For some reason, you could say like he put him in a like vegetative <laughs> state or something. Well, if he's mm. like, so it could be that he's paralyzed with all that stuff in his blood. Oh, and it like and it paralyzes counteract- the the heart muscle as well. Yeah, and it it counteracts that. Or like, so when I looked into it, so um, he's preserved. He's like, he's like probably quiet. got like a very small window of time to have yeah. his heart restarted. I mean, that's like any any kind of like heart stopping. There's like a window that you might be able to revive someone if somebody's in cold water. It could be up to sixty minutes. Like, or I think there's been cases where it's been like hours. I don't know, um, but. You can revive someone whose heart stopped. Um, it was weird that he said that he's dead. It's that's the weird part, really. Yeah. Later, Abby was like, "Your heart did stop." So I don't know if that's like, whatever. I don't know if that's because Abby is a doctor. Um, well, but she should know that you call it if they, nobody called it. It's not dead. 
your heart stops. Yeah. If you're still resuscitating, then you can call it dead. But so I, I was, um, I think it was just an excuse for the guy to say death is not the end. Yes. Also that. Um, it was. Also it, that. That was a big old wink wink to the audience. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, and then also like <laughs> this, <laughs> this snake, I, I just find the, their imagination a little lacking. Um, as far as like imagining uh, conceiving life forms on another planet, um, like if life were to, yeah, but it's a scary snake that eats that eats the poison from your blood, Shaheen, instead of poisoning well, you. So <laughs> I'm just saying. No, I mean, look, life has actually evolved five or six times on Earth and been almost entirely destroyed and re-evolved. Yep, and it's Which never is bonkers evolved. to me. Like yeah, that. and it's it, wow. <laughs> yeah, and the one that with, with the, where the dinosaurs died—that's actually not the most devastating one. There is one where like ninety-five percent of species died. Um. And anyway, so like it re-evolved, and it never re-evolved into the same animals. It re-evolves to completely different things. Like one time there were dinosaurs, I, and then now there's us. No, like there's, but I I disagree. It's with never going to be. There's never going to be a snake on another planet. That's a huge coincidence. I disagree with or a that. dog for that matter. Well, the dog obviously is not from that planet, but I disagree with that because um, I think that given the um, the topography, yes, I think it's like. Um, there are a lot of weird things you would expect a lot of weird creatures to grow out of that weirdness. Uh, bonsai, come on. <laughs> okay, so um, if you consider, for example, whales and sharks, like uh-huh. to us, they look kind of similar, you know? Like, yes, you can say Especially like, Especially well, there's even a whale shark. There huh? is a whale shark, yes. Um... But they're, you know, one is a mammal and one is they also a adapt- fish. Well, they adapted to the same environment. Well, exactly. You're saying that this moon has very similar I'm environment I'm saying that there's some similarities because this is um, survivable for humans. So we don't actually know what the biology of the snake is. The fact that it looks like it, it could just be that it looks like it and that it's biological structure. Like maybe it's not even cold-blooded. Um... We don't know. It's just that it looks like it. And that's like, we see that in nature a lot when species look like each other, but they're not even derived from the same branch. They could have avoided all of this by just conceiving something that's not really like anything we know on Earth. Sure, but I think it's like, if you think about the seaweed. I mean, I was talking about Farscape the other time. and uh, Why don't you marry it, Shaheen? You know, if you're, <laughs> if you're just going to shit on this fucking poison-sucking snake and just always yeah. bringing up Farscape. Yeah. I mean, they do, they do this really well. Like, they imagine creatures that are totally different and not just in the way that they look, but everything. Like, their needs are different, the way their metabolism is different and whatever. Like, I don't know, like, one of them farts helium or whatever. Like, it's... Mm. it's it, there's, you know... Anyway. Well, no, I, I agree on some level. I think that, like, there's a lot of creativity that can go into, like, so these are what the the plants do this during the eclipse. How would a species grow up to be symbiotic with that? Like, what, how, like, you know, so there's a lot of, like, reverse engineering that you could do with the planet to, like, come up with 
species that make sense and like you it could like really direct like logically what kind of species would develop out of that and i don't know maybe they did that and we just don't know enough about this um quote-unquote snake to assess that um but like i think that like part of it is they're showing how so murphy encountered seaweed and remember in season one how seaweed was like the healing thing Mm -hmm. that saved um jasper and finn finn yeah finn um and uh on earth snakes killed you like they didn't uh, i don't think that ever happened on the show but we know that snakes can kill you um but on sanctum slash alpha they can save you so i feel like it's like trying to draw that parallel but again I, i agree that like there could be a lot of creativity in the fauna but maybe we'll get some more of it yeah we'll see um, yeah, I definitely agree that flora are more um, inventive, imaginative. which is kind of funny considering that, like, w- apart from this orange filter that we're getting, I'm like, oh, we're in Vancouver. <laughs> I mean, Pacific there's only Northwest. so much they can do. True. Um, <laughs> so I think for, for this, uh, we're actually going to we're going to go through what I'm calling moon crew um, and then we'll get to what I'm calling Heta crew, um, just because these groups are kind of separated for a moment. Um, and so we can kind of continue talking about sort of the big points of of Moon crew being, you know, Clark and... Like, the, so Inner Sanctum versus... Mm, the, the, dome the, and dome. the dome and the non-dome. Yeah. I guess. Um, except when they do go outside the dome. All right. So um, Murphy lives... Thing. Well, no, I guess that there's still some stuff to say about sort of the introduction of of Mr. Lightborn, now that I think about it. Because we get, and I talked about this before we started recording, that shot where we kind of fly into him as he's like parting the, the sea of people and we kind of like, you know, jump up to where his face is or whatever. Like that, and I'm so, like, that was the cheesiest fucking thing that this show has ever done. Like the musical <laughs> cue with it, the camera movement, this like... who's this guy and i'm like since when are we that show but then i'm just kind of being like okay if we look at this show like someone said hey guy who did you know xena and hercules and and uh legend of the seeker we need you to make a sci-fi show on the cw that is what the vibes are that I'm getting from this show, especially with like Jasper or fuck, I keep calling him Jasper Jordan um, with the princess, like that whole cheese fest. Like mm-hmm. this whole thing is very like with the musical cues and the way that it's being shot. It's way like jauntier. I, I, I yeah. but like yeah, it's I also agree. trying not to be jaunty, which I'm just like lean in. Just just do it. Like but, it's. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was just going to say, like, but no, what you're saying, like, the jauntiness, I think that, like, I like that because then you can keep it dark and you have that counterbalance, you know? It makes Mm -hmm. everything deeper when you have, like, a moment that's super sad, but then levity and you see, like, the range of emotion that you're experiencing because you're bouncing back and forth. And it's just, like, more complete feeling. Is it purposeful levity? Because I kind of got the sense that we were supposed to be, like, in awe of of Russell, like, when he came in, but instead I just laughed. Yeah, I think. Does it, is it necessary for it to be cheesy if it wants to be uh, have levity? Yeah, that's kind of like. No, but it works. It, it works too. <laughs> I mean, I'm just I'm leaning into it again. Like it, the they said that the tone of this was going to be a lot different, and it is. Um, I'm I'm really curious to see how it all kind of like blends together because right now for me it's a bit jarring. 
Because, yeah. you know, I, this is the sixth season of a show that was not like this. Yeah. Um, I guess we'll see. Uh, book two, bitch. Book two, bitch. <laughs> um, we got jokes. Um, do we have anything else about Murphy? Oh, you had a thing about, uh, Shaheen, you had a thing about why is it uh, that two groups of people, there needs to be a leader? Oh, yeah. Well, that's when the, um, so Russell comes in and there's, uh, you know, all the uh, Clark and everyone else. And then he's like, he tries to, to communicate something to them as a group. And he it looks like he can't. And he's like, who is your leader? Who am I talking to? And I was always wondering, this always happens on this show. They have to like nominate someone and they always do it on the spot. <laughs> Just they never thought about it. They're like, oh, shit. OK, you go, Clark, whatever. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and so, <laughs> and so, but like, what does, is that really necessary? I was wondering, like, if two groups of people want to negotiate, can't they just talk to each other, like, take turns and talk instead of, uh, why does it, there have I to be I think it's more efficient to have one-on-one because otherwise, like, it just, it, it's probably, yeah, just easier and more efficient to have someone who speaks for this group and someone who speaks for that group. Um, because otherwise it would just be is chaos. It? I mean, it seems more efficient in the moment, but it it leads to all sorts of crap. I mean, I that, think that the, 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 <laughs> that then later happens. I think it's the key is to make sure that the leader who speaks for you actually speaks for you. And it <laughs> seems like Russell definitely fucking speaks for for dome people, dome crew. Um, but and it, a little odd that like Clark has stepped up. Like I feel like everyone is just kind of like defaulting to her, which. I accept whatever, because um, I think that Murphy or not Murphy Bellamy would be the other option, and I feel like he has made it clear he's like, cool, my number one is back. I can just sit back with my with my bum leg, and you know. <laughs> but no, he's taking charge though, because he like there's that moment where um, the adults are coming, and he steps forward. He's like, Abby, stay with Murphy, and I was like, well, what else is she gonna do? She's a doctor, and he's dying. I don't know. Is there a dirty puddle yeah. for her to wash her hands in first? <laughs> Maybe, maybe. Okay, so your argument for having a leader is efficiency. Yes. Uh, Are there other reasons? Um, I mean, isn't efficiency the most important thing ever? Um, I'm not saying it's not important. I'm saying, is there any other reason? Well, it's like you want to talk to the decision maker. There has to be a leader. So it's usually like there's like a decision maker, whether like organically or there's like a, a. official i think um, it would just be too much chaos if you hierarchy have, in place yeah. yeah like it's just chaos if you're like cool so what are you guys doing here and then 14 people answer you yeah and it's like it's well, like or we, maybe that's what the uh, uh people in charge have always told us so that we keep them in charge but think about the podcast <laughs> every time we like set up the podcast we're like who's going to wrangle today because somebody has to or yeah, but that's creating. Her. That's a matter of creating order. That's not negotiating. Well, but the same thing. How is not that? How is that not the same thing? And or let me tell you, it's a lot of goddamn work to wrangle you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> um, there can be people who are charged with uh, maintaining order, um, but the point is, they're not. I mean, this is what I'm saying: is anarchism basically. And there have been examples of it where, like, you know, for for short periods of time um where this system was you know uh, practiced where 
there was never really like a representative that would like be in power for like four years or anything. Um, uh, there was never like a president or anything. They would maybe nominate someone to speak for them today. And then tomorrow they would just maybe nominate someone else or whatever. Uh, and they would all go up there and have, you know, have their time to say something. Um, and they would make decisions that way. And I think Catalonia was that way for the, for the longest. I'm not sure how they do it now, but like there was some sort of syndicalist anarchist system there um, where that was the idea. I was like, there doesn't have to be anyone who stays there forever. Um, I can just like, if even if you want someone to speak for you, you can just say, okay, today you can go to speak for us and tomorrow we send someone else. I mean, um, anyway, I, 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 that's, I'm not saying anarchism is practical. I'm saying uh, that you've gotten us on a fucking watch list, sir. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? I'm from Iran. I know. Um, I know. You're just doubling down. <laughs> you already were on a watch list. So God damn it. Would you talking to an Iranian? You, you don't think <laughs> Mr. FBI, you don't think someone is listening. Hey, I'm oh my God. Guys. I hope that they're so bored. <laughs> Um, all right. I hope they like our dick jokes. <laughs> oh, I had one thing to add to this. Yes, all. before we move um, on. And I'm not even going to go into my super long snake venom spiel. Uh-huh. Um, but when um, what's his face? Um, Russell. Because I keep wanting to call the mm-hmm. ru- the actor's name as if that's the character name. Um, <laughs> when Russell is like, um, also, what kind of a leader's name is Russell? I know that that's, I know that's weird. a dog's <laughs> name. Like it's a dog's name, or like it's very like it strike. I maybe I'm just being like it's it strikes me as like very blue collar, maybe or like, like the what about Bertrand Russell? Oh, what? that's good. Well, that's his last. But that's he his last. The mathematician. Oh, but that's his last name. Mathematician and philosopher. He wasn't a uh, peasant or anything. But that was, he was but that's very his cool. last name. Very different. His third Earl of Russell. So. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry, about this. continue. <laughs> Russell. Um, so he says, um, he like goes into this spiel and he's like, the venom from the snake made the demon Gabriel believe he could walk on water. So like, I was like, wait, mm-hmm. so they're giving him this venom that like is going to make... Is is he gonna hallucinate? Like, is this part because we see like Murphy have kind of a turn, and is the venom? Well, my understanding was that the venom on its own would be harmful to you, but if you already have the seaweed thing, then it will just counteract. Yeah, I I think we're gonna see the venom again. Like, I want to say like if it it, something about it seems hinky. And maybe Murphy got a little high dosage of it, so he's having a little hallucination. Maybe, or like, um, you know, this whole um, face your demons thing where they like have to, you know, from the from the little bit that we got in the credit where it almost kind of looks like, you know, maybe they have to like redo sort of or re-experience stuff of their life. Um, I have a theory for that. Uh, remind mm-hmm. me. Um, maybe that's kind of what it is. Like Murphy thinks that he went to hell, but it was just really kind of all of the shitty things he did. Um it like makes you kind of hallucinate or relive those. I don't know. It's like space peyote. What's that? Space peyote. Space peyote. Exactly like space peyote. Yeah. Um. So okay. So they get they get taken into a tavern of sorts. I guess. Um. They opened mm-hmm. up a, a pizza parlor. I guess. Um. And Murphy finally wakes up. And sorry, I'm looking at my notes. And the, the next note I have is tits McBoobs, Abby, um, when she's like leaning over to help Murphy. And I was like, dude, that's. There's way more boobs this season. That's for sure. What is in the Joe juice? 
I was letting you decide because you're Joe. But I'm bad at drinks. So obviously there's egg white because you fucking love egg white. I do. I do love egg egg white. What is your favorite spirit? With egg whites? Um, I mean, that's probably going to be gin. Gin. Okay. So gin, egg whites. It has to be something like kind of fruity because it made they made it sound like so inviting and like but maybe citrusy like maybe like a a corpse reviver something (laughs) sorry what is this what is joe juice it's whatever they brought whatever they were drinking do you remember they called it joe juice yeah it was called after josephine lightborn oh you know what it's probably like so it has to have like cotton candy liquor which is disgusting (laughs) but because remember those berries that that taste like cotton candy Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I have a lot of questions about what the um, edible stuff was. Like, what was what was the thing that Clark ate? Oh, at the dinner? Yeah, and she was like, they're so good. What was that? I don't know. Probably a garnish and she was making a fool of herself. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? I was like, oh, that's probably plastic. <laughs> like, you know, like plastic grapes or something. Um, so, okay. Whatever. I, I feel like we're, we're jumping around a lot. Um We'll make so we, a separate Twitter post when we figure it out. Yeah, exactly. Um, so so we're at this bar area. Um, Clark comes down to the dress. We got that good earth cleavage. Um, Which Bellamy doesn't get to see her in. Where was Bellamy? <laughs> oh, right. He's is, on the mission. He, he had already left on the mission. Um, we uh, Well, is it good moon cleavage? Is that what we're calling it now? Good, good sanctum moon, cleavage? Oh, yeah. I guess good moon cleavage. Good moon cleavage. Um, so she, good alpha? Good alpha cleavage. Uh, so she goes to dinner, right? Uh-huh. And did anyone else find it really kind of odd that, like, for as hippy-dippy of a place this is, where, like, everyone does fucking Tai Chi at four in the afternoon, um, that... <laughs> The opulence that that the Lightborns lived in, and I'm assuming the other Primes also live in. Um, did that seem weird to you guys? No. Actually, I have notes about this because I think that there's there's obviously a classism going on. But like extreme. Not, yes. But well, well, they're like the ruling class. They're called like the royals. Like, um, so I think that they live in the castle. Everyone else lives in the little place around them and like so not everyone who lives there has night blood yeah only the people who might become ruling class have night blood um so everyone else is just people who who buy into it and the people who don't buy into it are the children of gabriel but there is definitely a class system going class is that what it is? a class system going on yeah yeah um so we see like when um when they're sending the mission out um and Russell says says to um, Earth Crew, he's like, send your least valuable. Um, and Bellamy goes, Echo and Raven. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Not wrong. Half. Anyways. Um, and so uh, he goes, he, the, Russell tells Kaylee, like, you're going too. And she's like, oh! like, she's all like, like, kind of like offended. <laughs> and, um, and it's like. But because- she's also royal. Yeah, she's offended because she's royal. Like, she wants somebody else to go do it, you know? But, like, she was the one who was caught out when um, she shouldn't be caught out. And that's why they're dead. Is because they, like, hopped on the ship just to get out of, like, the eclipse fumes. 
Um, so that's, I guess, Russell's understanding, which I guess is an interesting way, like, he does have, you did this, you have to answer for it. Um, which I guess is better than sending out random people to do his work for him in terms of her family. So when they were walking out towards the dome and, and Kaylee is like, you know, there are things and people in these, in, in these woods who want us dead or Mm -hmm. who want you dead. I can't remember the exact line. And everyone's just like, cool. Like, nobody was like, people? Do you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, nobody thought to be like, because they haven't met any people out there, right? No. I, I think it's, uh, I mean, think about, like, space crew when they came down to Earth. They'd be like, oh, yeah, we know about that. <laughs> like, you know, that's just, it's par for the course. <laughs> Whether it's I, I, human or not. <laughs> I guess. Like, it was just kind of a like a throwaway that, like, I kind of would have been like, huh. More people. And also, I would expect that after 200 years that there would be way more people in inside the dome. And so I'm wondering what kind of, like, population control methods that they have. Because it did not mm, seem like a lot of people. Um, yeah. Anyway. Um, shit, what should we talk about next? Let's see. <laughs> uh, I, had, uh, I had a comment about the dome people's yeah. way of life. Okay. Um, to me, it looked kind of like um, um, sort of like Walden Two. What's Walden Two? <laughs> um, you know Skinner, Bruce Skinner. No, X Files. The <laughs> Skinner box. Um, <laughs> uh, no, <laughs> uh, Bruce Skinner is a um, um, psychologist, um, behaviorist. No, of course, yeah, no, Skinner box. Know. Say what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He like uh, worked on different sorts of operative conditioning and whatever. Yeah, he was the first person who developed a lot of these concepts of conditioning and you know reward and punishment and all of that. Um, and so he he and he believed that like you can change anyone's behavior um, by exposing them to the right sort of stimulus. You can change them to do whatever it is that you want them to do. Um, and so he imagined the society where everyone is just uh, raised from childhood to be happy and, um, and peaceful and whatever. And, um, and they're all, you know, um, conditioned to do their job and do whatever. Um, and they, they all seem really genuinely happy, but they go through this program that, you know, we would say, oh, they're programming them, but they, at the end of it, they come out just, they're just happy and they do their thing. So it's sort of like hive mind, but with, with like individually. Like brainwashing. Um, brainwashing individually. So it, 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 that's how it felt, the, um, the, their society. Mm. That's how it right, felt. Right, because he like, even talks about that violence is something that spreads and that's not something that they like allow to happen there. Yeah. Um. Which was it felt kind of walled into it. Which which was kind of super interesting. Uh, like going going with that is the I can't remember Russell's wife's name. You didn't like her, Shaheen. Simone. I hate that. Simone. <laughs> we'll get we'll get to why you hate her. Um, but but her asking whether or not Clark would do Mount Weather again, and then in the preview in the in the original show in the season six trailer, we do see Clark in Mount Weather again, which gives me sort of again with my little tinfoil hat that. If she's going, 
maybe they're going to make her into royalty, like Earth royalty, like add her as a family because, you know, she has the night blood, maybe to take their weird time hopping altered carbon chip. Like you possibly maybe have to go and redo the worst thing you've ever done. Maybe uh-huh. like something, something about that, because I feel like that was like a little Chekhov sci fi of like, if you had to redo it, what would you do? And you're like, hmm. Ooh. Hmm. This reminds me of, um, did you read Divergent? Yes. It reminds me of um, the Divergent chat, chest, test that um, they had to do in, what was that one sect called? Fuck, I don't remember that. Dauntless? Yeah. Yeah, so they had to like face their fears and what yeah. they would do. That totally reminds me of that. So maybe that there is like some kind of test test they go in before they qualify well for Clark to become Josephine, basically. Yeah. Um I mean, obviously she passes. Clark doesn't <laughs> dance. <laughs> um why do you why do you hate Simone? Shane. Oh, uh Oh man, I want to use the word that you you, you don't like. <laughs> no, I mean, I, she she kind of she was kind of a bitch. Yeah, so, thank you. So that's um, yeah. I mean, what the fuck? It's, yeah, I don't know. Just like she just she just rubs you the wrong way. way. I mean, she's a fucking asshole, and and, it's, and Russell is like always like covering up for her, or, like you know fixing her shit. But here's the thing. I think that she and shit. What's the other Kaylee? Mm-hmm. That's not a that's not a name for an adult woman. It's not a name for an adult woman. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so oh. Kaylee, 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 who like Kaylee is the name of a woman who is like in her late twenties and has like six kids. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I am a horrible person. Sorry to any Kayleys out there who are 20-something years old and have six kids and listen to the podcast. I have no idea where this came from. But all of the kids are I'm at, like... I'm sure Utah's beautiful. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so anyway, I have a feeling that at least Kaylee, if not Kaylee and Simone, will sort of switch sides. Like, they are probably... Something is going to trigger them to be tired of Russell's bullshit. Does that make sense? Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, she's like kind of like the heartliner in in his government or something. But like, um, she's Kaylee Titus, was, and it's good to oh have gosh, a character totally like Titus. that. But yeah, yeah, but like Titus was pompous, but he wasn't annoying like that. He wasn't like rude in your face. I don't know. Ask Lexa. She was probably like, not too pleased. <laughs> or or Echo in season four. It's one of those two. <laughs> that wasn't um, even mean. That was just honest. That was just saying. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, did we have anything else about their conversation? I felt like that um, Russell made a very strong case for not letting them in. It it was like spotless argument. I was like, "Yep, yep, Clark that's actually pretty fair." Say. they are pretty that's, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> you just went through bullet point by bullet point of why they're terrible people and they should never let them on their planet. Which what? Um, it's like, but but it's like looking at a person and being like, they killed the person, they did this, and then when you actually go into the detail, that person tried to drive a dying person to the hospital and they died in their car. That I mean, person had yes. to choose between, like, so there's, there's like, I don't see these lightborns, and they wouldn't do anything differently because they're setting them out to die on their own. <laughs> well, so I mean, like, they obviously would not have made a different choice. So it's very hypocritical. 
And like, I, I do appreciate that the perspective we're seeing is like the perspective of, um, well, we're choosing our people because we don't whatever. But like, that's not making Clark look bad. That's making Clark look like an equal. Wait, are you saying that all murderers are good people? No. Definitely not. What, so that sounded like what you said. Because he is like, okay, you have 400 other people who are asleep and they, most of them are criminals and murderers. Sure. And then you, who is supposedly the civilized one, you murdered even more people. You mass murdered but people. But that's not and the so, full like, story. Give me one reason why you go into compound after compound and destroy and <laughs> like genocide them and come out of there. It's like, why should I let you in here? That's not the full story. If you know the full story. I mean, I think, I think that's still a very good argument. I think even, even whatever. For full story them. Or not, it's like you have, this is your record. And those are these, the people who are there, they're violent criminals. And so there's no way. I see what you're saying, Bubs. I, I would say from Russell's point of view, there might not be anything that would like excuse the genocide of, you know, 300 people. Especially, well, but isn't that what he's doing by casting them out? I mean, yes, but he doesn't give a fuck about being. Uh, well, but 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 still, from his perspective, but that's different. That's letting die versus killing. Exactly. He's, like, he's not. <laughs> Though them, to be fair, so if the you same throw thing. somebody in a pool and they can't swim, did you kill no, them? No, that's killing. But if you fi- find them drowning, if and you, you don't do anything. if you strong arm them to go into a pool, but you never touch them, is that killing? Uh, what strong arm? They're forcing them to if leave. If you're the cause, if you're the cause of them going into the pool, then yeah, I would say it's killing. Well, would but you not call the outside like, of this thing where they're said to like no, they're not going to survive out there? I mean, they can't survive forever on on the ship. Right, but it's like the thing is, they're. I don't think that's it's where they were. That's where they were, and so they they're saying, "Look, we did a favor to you to let you in, in here. We have really no obligation to let you in here. You were out there, and you can go back out there. So if somebody and if was that means you're gonna die. Sorry, that that's where you were. So don't be there. If, if somebody was drowning there. in a pool, and you pulled them out of the pool. Mm-hmm. And then you strung arm them back into the pool. Did you kill them? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's a good that's a good argument. I mean, that's it. That's what happens with the analogy if you do. But like <laughs> the the thing is, <laughs> okay. Um, is there a difference? I don't know. Is there? <laughs> what do you think, Joe? Um, like in in this case, yeah. Um, is there a difference between what Russell wants to do at this point and what Bob's described? Of someone, you find someone drowning. You didn't do anything. You just were walking by. You find them drowning, and then you help them out, and then you let them go again, and they drown. Did you murder them? You force them back into the pool. I mean, or you can just like. Hold their hand for a second, you know, bring them above the surface and they can breathe. I mean, the same and argument. If you keep them that way, you can save them, but then you let them go again and they, they drown again. The, the, the same argument could be made about the mountain men in terms of like, listen, all Clark did was open the fucking door. Like, 
Her yeah. people can breathe that's the air. Also, she agreed stressed. to give that's them bone marrow. No, no, no. She agreed to give them bone marrow, and Cage was like, no, I want to do this. And that's <laughs> what happened there. <laughs> I mean, he forced her hand. Yeah, I mean, we talked briefly about whether Mount, whether genocide was actually necessary. I think this doesn't get enough discussion. Doesn't get discussed it's, enough. Yes. It's not clear to me that it was necessary what Clark did. Um, but anyway. So, okay. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't really have an answer. I would say that, yes, it's a bit hypocritical. On the other hand, I can understand his perspective in terms of being like, well, I'm not going to kill you. Like, maybe the outside world probably will, but like, I can't have you here. Um, that still gives them an option for possible survival, especially now that we find out that, you know, there are the children of Gabriel out there wearing fucking camo and LARPing around the woods. Um, so like, obviously it is survivable out there and I think we're going to, we're going to see a lot more of them. So I think from Russell's perspective, it is killing them, which is a bit fucked up. But in terms of like the overall story, I don't necessarily think that putting them outside of the dome is murder. Like we've seen them, they can they they can be outside of the dome, like so, they can stand outside of it and breathe the air as long as it's not an eclipse and they're fine. Um, but if you give somebody poison to kill them, uh-huh. and they, they don't die, them. oh, and they don't die, yeah. But they thought you. I mean, they I thought think they the, would. the 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 drowning analogy is perfect. Um, I don't. Yeah, I don't know what to think. I mean. Like, it's very complicated. Me, like, um, I understand. Sounds- I understand Russell um, being like, "Nah, better not." But I don't understand him coming from a place where he's like, "Bitch, you did all these things," because like he's doing something himself, and it's not different from the things that Clark has done. So, from that perspective, I'm just kind of I like, think "It's definitely different from Mount Weather." I don't um, think that it's that different. Um, <laughs> well, okay. I mean, <laughs> Mount Weather is actively murdering an entire civilization. This is rejecting they some people who barged on its into own your house. Say what? They couldn't survive on its own anyway. I mean, honestly, it was just like calling the weak. To be honest, like Mount Weather people shouldn't have even been alive. Yeah. Um, I have a question. Yeah. For you, Bubs. Oh. Hmm. Um, do you believe in open borders? What do you mean? Like, do you believe there should be no borders and people should be able to f- move freely on the planet anywhere they want to go? Yeah. Like, no visas, no immigration, yeah. anything. People can just move around anywhere yeah. they want to go. I do. How does how do taxes work? I mean, how do taxes work now? It's fucking complicated. <laughs> well, you think there would be orderly society in that <laughs> still? Yeah. I mean, wh- what suddenly like we need every single rule to be like. A civilized society? Like, did it just happen, like, recently? But we don't, we don't have open borders now. We don't. But, like, look at history and, like, look at, like, structures of society in the past. Um, there's lots of examples of when open borders were a thing. And I think it's kind of like just, empires? like... So there's no citizenship. Well, I think Are you it's, like, about empires? you can... I don't know. I, I honestly, I don't know. I'm not a historian, and this is definitely not my forte. <laughs> but um, thinking in terms of like, I see things always like evolutionarily, even just in like the structure of 
a society. And so things adapt to meet what's going on. Um, and I think that sometimes when we put these like weird regulations, we're getting in the way of that adaptation in terms of like finding something that actually works to the actual situation that we have instead of trying to control everything to be the specific situation that we decide that we are able to control in this way. Um, and that's very interesting. That's exactly the argument people make for not regulating business. What do you mean? Oh, for sure. But that's different because when money comes into the hands, that's like a whole different thing. Like, we're not talking about money here. Why is we're that talking, different? We're talking you know, about people and, like, the value of them within a society and their place. Um, when we talk about money, the thing is, money accumulates um, across people. And it accumulates with um, laissez-faire capitalism. It accumulates um, over and over again with a very small group. And it favors that small group. And it continues to favor that small group because money makes money. Um, and so that doesn't work. Okay, I disagree with some of that, but... <laughs> well, I know, um, but it's okay to be wrong. <laughs> but the point is, um, of course, of course it is. Don't feel bad. Um, <laughs> Damn! Cute, cute. <laughs> the point is that, um, that's, the argument still applies. Like, people say... Sure, that, but that You want to try and control this thing, whereas, like, if you let it, let, let people innovate... They'll figure out the best way to do it. But and we this know is, that to uh, be untrue. Uh, we see it. No, we don't. No, we don't. Imagine Amazon were nationalized. It would be a fucking disaster. This company would immediately become USPS, the uh, most horrible My argument company is not socialism the as, the as the compromise. Say what? My, my, my counterpoint is not socialism. Well, the, the idea of controlling, I mean, socialism is just the extreme of it, but the idea is like... Um, like you're saying controlling versus letting people innovate. I'm saying not letting wealth accumulate in a way that kills the middle class because that society falls apart. We've seen many examples of that, you know, let them eat cake. Um, and I mean, not, that's not like an equal example, but we see like what happens when that's how the scales are tipped. Um, and I don't think that open well, borders I, I, when is have we seen at that? all... What is I, an I'm, example? I'm talking about the wealth disparity more than... Right, well, what is an example of a society? Is there an example of a society that fell apart because of... Uh, wealth disparity? Wealth, wealth disparity? Yeah. Where's, Anytime that the an royals example? have been, like, murdered. <laughs> um, so the French. Yeah, the but French, royals, the Russians... When royals were in power, it was just the aristocrats who had it okay but, but everyone not, else was poor every single is not person that different it is because every single person in the world was poor and they had no chance of becoming rich but that's Whereas what's happening in the united states it is not it is because it is it's not 60 percent of billionaires were not rich at birth but uh, they made their actually, money by underpaying other people yeah i disagree with that too but in any case, it's better than what there was back then, which is peasantry, which it was, was every single person. The average income in the world was $3 a day for millennia um, sure. for and everyone. There was no middle class. Capitalism created the middle class. That's where it came from. Where there doesn't exist. I, Look I at can't China. counter any of these things because I don't have the information for it. But... I, I still am going to disagree fundamentally 
because it's very clear to me that when you accumulate money, it just continues to accumulate it. And there's no, there's no rules in place that say you can't have all the money. <laughs> there's no rules in place. But there is data on income there mobility. There is data and that wealth money mobility. doesn't trickle down. It doesn't. It's not about trickle. I'm talking about mobility. Whether people who are but, oh sure born... sure there was a time when it was really great and the American dream, etc. That's not true anymore. Like our generation can't afford houses. Um, there's like a very different environment now than there was 40 years ago. I mean, if 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 minimum wage had kept up with inflation, minimum wage would have would be 33 dollars right now. Yeah, and, and it's, it's not seven dollars, and even $8. just like wage wage growth. But no is one gets paid the minimum static. wage. Yes, they do. Yeah, very few, very few people. No, get paid a the minimum lot wage. of people make a minimum wage, Shaheen. Like, no, no one gets seven dollars right now. If you work at Walmart, you get twelve. It depends on where you live. It depends. Some on states where you have live. higher minimum wages, but no. They just in, announced it in in uh, in Alabama. Like, absolutely, I worked for a minimum wage, like, or right at close to it. Like, either way, it's not a livable wage. Like, never mind a minimum wage. No one is paid a livable wage at at entry level at, like that. Um, but that's a whole separate thing. I want I want to move us along. Um, we're we're getting we're getting bogged down. Um, if the only other thing that I wanted to touch on before we get into Jordan uh, getting cock blocked, um, you have a note here about Marcus the diplomat, which um, I just wanted to to call out. Um, yeah, Abby is like Marcus is the diplomat. <sighs> I'm like, okay, maybe a really shitty one. Like, <laughs> mm. sure, that's what he was trying to do. Like, I kind of wanted Clark to turn and look at the camera, like The Office, like just. <laughs> Are you fucking hearing this shit? Marcus the diplomat. You mean he appointed himself a diplomat and burned it to the ground? No? It's like, if are you a diplomat by virtue of the fact that you're trying to be a diplomat? <laughs> or do you actually have to, uh, like, exercise diplomacy successfully in order to be a diplomat? Uh, That's my question. Did you notice that at all, Bubs? <laughs> I completely miss what you're saying because I was looking at minimum wage stuff. To be honest, can you repeat that? <laughs> oh, All right, yeah. uh, let's let's move into um, Jordan's Jordan's princess and getting cock blocked and how fucking awkward that was. And also, like, I mean, yeah, she's moving fast, but like, he doesn't seem super cool with it. Does that make sense? I mean, but that's like. <laughs> I, I I don't know. To me, it actually, I know a lot of people are like, what, he, he just meets people for the first time and he loses his virginity immediately? Yeah, of course, that's like not realistic. But at the same time, like she thinks she's basically dying tomorrow or she's going to be somebody different tomorrow. So this yeah. is her last chance. So it's more like he just lucked into this <laughs> and he's along for the ride, literally. And <laughs> so from that perspective, I'm like, oh, okay, okay. It kind of makes sense. But um, it was so awkward. It was so, it was so awkward, but she was so nice to him. But did you, the part about, um, sorry, what, what was her line? Um, you're going to suck. And then a long dramatic pause. Everyone does the first time. I was like, this isn't sexy. Like, but, but like, it was so nice. It was like, if he, if you're like nervous and it's your first time and someone's like, you're going to suck. Everybody does. And you're like, oh, thank God. Maybe it was the line delivery. Like, it just did not. The whole thing. I thought it was sweet. Did not (laughs) do it for me. Um, Maybe, maybe this is, is this our sexuality uh, discrepancy? 
I, I don't know. I've never deflowered a virgin, but like I, 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 I would hope that if I had, I would have dispelled those same words. <laughs> I, I feel like the sentiment was good. Maybe I, maybe it was just the delivery that didn't land for me. Um, yeah, maybe. But you know, J- Jordan, loose lips uh, sink ships. Um, <laughs> wow, so innocent, so innocent, um, so eager to just speak to other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, which, I mean, okay, that makes sense. Um, yeah. Do we, do we have anything else on, on that? Oh, there's, there's one note that I actually wanted to make you, sorry, going back to the, uh, Shaheen, you had the thing about the dog story being cliche as fuck from Russell at the dinner. Mm -hmm. Did you guys see the Reddit post, um, to sort of, that sort of cemented the idea of what, I think I sent it to you guys. You of, did, and I didn't even understand what you sent us, because so, I thought they were the same person, and all I said was, the scar looks no, like a scrotum. So, <laughs> so continue. <laughs> so the first, the first picture was Russell telling the story, and then the second picture was the original Lightborn, and you could see the scar on his face. That looks like a scrotum. But that yeah. looks like a scrotum. So, like, clearly they're jumping through time. Consciousness wise. I'm, well, he's he well, he's not jumping through time. He's well, just I mean, existed. I'm saying his consciousness is like moving, sorry, through time infinitely. Like, but the scar on his body is also moving? He's forever alive. No, 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 no. He didn't his new body, Russell, doesn't have the scar, but he has memory of the scar. And you could see the scar in original Lightborn. Yeah. Oh, because that was part of his story. Anyway, Clark that was Q's daddy. That was kind of a that was kind of a, a a cool little thing that the redditors uh uh poked out. What is how do we know his memory? What do you mean? He has memory of the scar? Well, it's if it's his, if 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 we're assuming that we're getting the altered carbon thing and it is his consciousness that is being put into different bodies, then his original consciousness as whatever his name Lightborn and he has the scar on his face that memory of that dog attack he has through every body that he exists in. Uh-huh. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, cool. Neat. Awesome. Do you want to take a break at all? Do we have anything else for... Moon Crew? Moon Crew? I do have, like, well, the fu- the finishing thoughts of um, what happens for- at the end for Moon Crew. Um which obviously Delilah gets kidnapped, which um, so after all the bitching at Clark, who saves the day? Fucking Clark. Clark. Fucking Clark. It's always Clark. It's always Clark. Um, so she, you know, Delilah goes missing, which I'll interject to say that um, the meaning of Delilah, because I love when they use names where you can actually like look it up and be like, oh, okay. Which Delilah means amorous, delight, languishing temptress um and in the old testament samson's mistress delilah tricked him into revealing the secret of his strength you know the the lady who cut off his hair and then he was like weak yeah um so i don't know if that's also going to play into it i mean it played into it with with jordan like tricking him into revealing his secrets yeah kind of maybe that's what it was i mean check out delilah Fucking Delilah. You don't trust a Delilah. I'll trust a Delia because I used to shop at Delia's, but I won't trust trust a Delilah. And their nineties so pictures were lesbian as fuck. Exactly. Sorry. Go ahead. Question. Yeah. So is Delilah going to be a whole other person next yes. day? I think so. I and think that's she's that's not going to remember Jordan, right? She's going to be Priya the seventh. Hallowed right. be thy name. She's not going to know who Jordan is, right? Yeah. 
I think. I, I don't think so that they maybe know. keep their same memories. I don't I don't know if they remember or if they're just completely taken over. We'll see. I, I mean, mentioned... I can't wait to see Jordan's face. <laughs> yeah, right? When he, like, tries to go kiss her and she's like, who the fuck are you? <laughs> maybe it'll be like, ah, uh, who cares? She's still hot. <laughs> well, if anybody read or saw the host, which I don't think is anyone here, <laughs> which is a Stephanie Myers property. Is this um, pre or post Twilight? Post. It's okay. just like her, her follow up. Um, so was there in, a, was there banging in that? Uh, or is it still really fucking banging. Mormon? It was still pro- pretty Mormon, but I think there may have actually been banging. Okay. Um, but so what it was is that there was an alien organism that was very smart um, and also very peaceful. And so this alien organism believed that its duty was to spread out through the universe and it it it's very adaptable and it it latches on to life forms and injects consciousnesses in those life forms that are these peaceful people from this alien civilization so i mean it, this is what it reminded me of and and in the host um when the it's like it's kind of like the alien spider thing that goes on the neck <laughs> from what i remember okay um, and I don't know if it burrows after that, but I think it just goes on the neck. Um, and it, it goes in there and it kind of like fights the consciousness. So the consciousness is there, but the host, quote unquote, is controlling the body. And, um, eventually the host, um, wins and the body just kind of, or the, the person just kind of goes in on itself until nothingness. Um, and so the way that they show this is that they try to remove a host from a person to bring that person back. And it had been too late. Like the the person was, was not there anymore. Was not there anymore. Um, and it seems so, like a weird name to call it though. The host. Cause like a host, you would think it would be the person hosting this parasite. Oh, well, oh I'm saying it wrong then. I think that's what she probably meant. The okay. host is the person. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> With apologies um, to Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> Sorry, Stephanie Myers, but also why was there not more sex in your books? Um, but so like, yeah, so I don't know if that's going to, but like, so in the the protagonist fights her, her alien um, to try to control herself. And like, it's a very, um, it's all about her fight with the um, alien. And so I don't know, maybe that's going to be Clark's story. Maybe Delilah's. Yeah, I not like, so I think there, maybe there is a struggle. We'll see. I guess. Yeah. Well, I mean, because that actually makes sense with how much sort of exposition that we got with uh, Gaia and and Maddie. But we'll we'll get to that um, after we take a quick little break um, for everyone to go pee and eat cookies. Yeah. Is that okay? Do you guys have anything else for Dome Crew? I really have to pee, so I think we're good. Okay. (laughs) All right. Ten minutes. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, anywho. All right. So <laughs> let's talk about uh, children, I guess. The children of Gabriel. <laughs> yes. Um, them. So meanwhile, you know, if we're, if we're doing like a SpongeBob like card, meanwhile, uh, while Clark is given that good moon cleavage and Jordan's maybe almost losing his virginity and a bunch of other nonsense, uh, we've got Dioza, uh, Gaia, and Maddie chilling, and Gaia's trying to be a wet blanket of a teacher, and I'm just here for the Ugh. Dioza show. Like, I love her. 
And I don't know if it's the delivery or the lines they're writing for her, but like she is my, so far, my favorite character this season. Am I a terrible person? No, I mean, I, if you don't want her to be your mom, I don't know who you are as a person. Right? Like, she's a better, like, she's a better mom than Abby. Like, well, she's more um, uh, uh, it's not even a contest. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> um, you have a note uh, about Dioza is the audience, which I, re- which I particularly loved. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. Well, I guess, like, we come into it and, like, Guy is like, and then reach deep within you. And, like, all of these, like, cheesy, like, spiritually things. The reason why I can't go to yoga, because I can't with that shit. and um this is part of like the baggage that i talk about and so like i'm just like eye roll because like you know maddie's 12 year old girl i know that she has a flame in her um but like i don't know that that means shit (laughs) um and so it kind of like when the show tries to make it mean something i'm just like we're not on earth this isn't the grounder civilization anymore um but so dioza um, while I'm sitting there being salty in the scene for a moment, Diosa steps in and she's like, um, what is, I don't remember what Maddie says, but she, so then Diosa's like, oh no, guy is like, respect her. She's the blah, blah, blah. And she's like, you beat a bunch of criminals led by a sociopath in a battle for a valley that burned to the ground anyways. Mm-hmm. I call that a total failure to reach mission, con- mission objective. And it, I was just like, I literally clapped. Oh, oh, it was uh, that, that she beat your army. And, and Diaz oh, right. was like, that wasn't my fucking army. Like, yes. Sh- yes. I don't claim better. them. Like, that was so, like, <laughs> Bitch, her sass. But then Maddie sassed her back. She did. The, the child of two mass murderers can't wait to meet her. I was like, oh, you're a... Yeah, I remember those fights with my mom. <laughs> oh, yeah. And also, tea cu- Teapot Kettle, uh, Maddie's parents are also mass murderers. I'm counting Bellamy here because I'm a blarker and who cares? Fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, we know who Maddie's parents are. Oh, you mean her her, her adoptive. Her yeah. Ado- yeah, no, Clark's killed a lot of fucking people. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> do you have anything about Dioza, Shaheen? Apart from that you love her? So I don't have anything about Dioza, but I have things about Gaia. Okay, talk about that? that counts. Yeah, run with it. Go. Go so forth. okay, did you hear what Gaia said about a mind only being in one place at a time? Mm-hmm. Dude, this blew my mind. So this is—I don't know if anyone in the world other than me got so excited about this, but <laughs> <laughs> I got mad. This is super important. This is huge. It has huge implications for the city of light and the flame. Because this is a very important piece of metaphysical information that we now have about um, this consciousness transfer that they have going on, that it actually cannot be in two places at a time. So, so, it mo- so it moves to the chip and then it moves back out if the chip gets removed. Exactly. And so, like, remember when, like, Raven was... But possessed? didn't we know that? Yeah, but didn't we know that? Like, whenever people went to the City of Light, they sort of, like, or, like, communed with it, they sort of checked out? They kind of went into, like, a meditation, but they could always come back, and we were never sure if they were just closing their eyes or what was happening. And Just taking a little little siesta? (laughs) Yeah, and it wasn't clear, like, a lot of times, a lot of times, like, with Raven, so, right, one time, one time when Raven was possessed, the first time Raven was possessed... She literally turned into Allie. And then um and then they were like, Where's Raven? And she was like, Raven's in the city of light. 
So, you know, she's like, her mind is there. And then, of course, her mind came back, right? Mm -hmm. Like, she became herself again. So, the thing that Ali preserves has the capacity to convert back to a human mind. And now we have confirmation based on what Gaia said. And and it um and it, it has like this causal continuity with the human mind and so this has implications for whether you want to say that it's the same mind or not um you know because we always have this debate like is the thing that ali has preserved the saved on on the city of light um is that really the person's mind uh, what is that, right? And so, like, remember Monty asked Raven, and she gave this weird answer. Um, uh, she said, it's been processed by Ali, but it's her mind. It's her. Um, and so, anyway, so this was one thing that, that I thought was pretty cool. And so, apparently, this also applies to the flame. So, if someone... So, so Clark went into the flame... But nothing of Clark's mind is in there now because she's now out of the flame. Her mind so is now... So as soon as it gets taken out, it stays with Clark. Like there's... What right. happens though? What happens if there's a glitch and <laughs> your mind goes with the flame? Because we had this question. We were like, alive. is Clark now in the flame too? Right, banging Lex. Oh my God, this totally I... answers the question. They are not fucking in the city of light. Yeah. No, I refuse to believe that. In my opinion, they're fucking in the city of light or in the in the chip. I refuse to believe Clark is not in there because I refuse to believe that. Like, what do you mean your mind can only be in one place at a time? Like, that doesn't make sense to me. Like, well, I mean, you would kind of have a problem then if it could exist in two places because let's say you take the chip and your mind goes in there and everything's mm-hmm. fine, and then you take it out. And your, and mind's your mind still, still in there. exists there, but it's still yeah. Your mind like, splits now. Does it split? Like it doesn't bec- split. It's, become... it's copied. It's it. But if it's split. copied, then one copy is going to change. Yeah, you, they're basically two. So there's two of you. Yeah. There'll be a causal history that branches out. It's kind of like if yeah. you were cloned. And yeah, yeah, exactly. You were cloned with all of your memories, right? But so why if, is that a problem? But then, as soon as it stops, then or as like as soon as the clone happens, now you are on divergent mental paths. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Now you're two different people. That's why I wanted in 512, um, and this is probably controversial, because I'm going to say I didn't want it to be Lexa to turn Clark to the right path. I wanted Clark to turn Clark to the right path mm. by being like, bitch, bitch, remember who you are. <laughs> Look at everything we've been through. Like, you know, that's what I wanted. Um, like, like for, for Maddie to be like, yo, yeah, like, City of Light Clark exactly. is pissed. Yeah. And think about it, like, if ever, like, Maddie has to depart somehow, and her being able to be like, but mom, you're with me, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And so I... Well, now we I know, just, sorry, we know it's not true. Well, sorry, no, no sentimentality. Like, it's the thing is, bullshit. It doesn't make not, any sense. There's no problem with it. It's oh, it could happen. Wait, I technologically, no, no, sorry. There's no problem with the thing that you're saying. Is technologically, the whole thing is bullshit. What are we it talking could about? Happen. Well, but Why you're like bullshit? saying that it has to go from one thing to another. Like it has to. So your brain that has all those connections in it, all those electrical impulses that like code your memories 
and interact with your DNA to make you who you are, that once that goes into the technology, it's no longer in your brain. It's in the technology place. That's bullshit. Like, no, your brain is your brain. So when you have it copied over, it's copied over. It's there. So whether your consciousness connects to that copy of itself to interface with the city of light or the technology, that's one thing. But you're already there. You already you're, have There's your nothing there. wrong with what you're saying. It's just not true in this universe. Well, but it's bullshit. And Why? it's convenient. What do you mean it's bullshit? <laughs> it's bullshit because like I what I just described. You would like Clark to be in there? Yeah. <laughs> That's not a good reason. There's nothing wrong with well, it. There's, you just don't no, like no. the implications of it. It makes it makes sense that Clark is in there. It makes more sense that Clark is in there than that she is not in there. But we're deciding that she is not in there, and I'm, you know, what is the plot point for that? Where are we going from here? Why is why is Clark not in there? Because why? the rule is that your mind can only be in one place at a time. And what what's the purpose of that? There's no purpose. That's just how. Of course it there works. is. This is a decision that was made all of a sudden. Oh, what's the? Why did the so writers make the this decision? So, what's the plot point that forced this? So, in the universe of the story, there's no reason. It's just what is the case. And now, if you're asking, why did the writers? Why did they put it in? Is that what you're asking? Yeah. So that's a different question. Because in the universe, there's no reason, there's nothing wrong with it. It's not incoherent, and there's no reason for it. It is that's incoherent just... scientifically. It's not. I mean, the whole thing is incoherent scientifically. Well, like, no. You can't choose you that can one side like, is fine no, no, and the no, other no, one isn't. No, no, no. If you think about it. If you think that it can be copied, then it can definitely be cut. If it can be copied, it can be cut and paste. Yes. So okay. there's nothing wrong with that. For it to be copied and cut and paste... But then not co- then like oh but it's, they're still alive we have to delete the code that doesn't make any sense delete what code the code of the copy like that's still in the chip if the chip comes yeah out. because you have to I guess like when the person goes back to the person you're being like oh delete all of that oops um so yeah the, it it preserves causal continuity it means that there's always the history of it is always uh, the same. The same. It's a unique history. It doesn't branch out into. Different... But you could update it. Well, yes. If it's there's always still getting connection. updated. It's always getting updated. Exactly. So you have the copy, and you update it while you still have it in play. The second it's not in play, the copy is still there, preserved as it was before. But, it, the but it'll thing be divergent. Sure, it's divergent, but it's still the essence of that person. At that point. It's not that person anymore. Wait, I don't understand why why do you have such a problem with this, Bubs? Because it, yeah. the person was copied over. <laughs> but like so, but I, hmm. so it can, the mind can only exist in one place. So it doesn't make sense. Like either it was copied over or it wasn't copied over. Well, let's say that you only get one mind. Like that's it. There's well, only no, a way to if like you copy it, it's copied. But no, because then so you'd have two you two it, of the copies running copied. simultaneously. Well, so you have two of the copies yeah, running simultaneously. Yeah, you'll just be duplicating people. Like, imagine if we wanted to build, like, a teleport machine. Well, I'm just saying, but, like, we how would else want would the technology the, work? The copy here to be destroyed, because you don't want to just, like, be proliferating people. Because then it's... But then that's it's, not what uh, they're doing. 
the, the whole point is to copy it over. So they copy it over and that person can access that consciousness. It's updated while they still have it in play because they're still interfacing with the outside world. And so there's still that link to their, their COL self. So it's still updating. But when that yeah. link is severed, their COL self doesn't just disappear. That data has already been collected because they've already interfaced with the COL. But the you know? way that okay, so the way that I see it as uh, you take the chip, and your consciousness actually goes into the chip. Yeah. Like the chip is then controlling you, not controlling well, you, but your, like. But your brain, your brain connections don't disappear. But I'm but, oh my god, we're we're overanalyzing some woo woo fucking science. I'm moving us along. That's it. <laughs> Neurons don't I just disappear in your brain. They're I know, but like if if you <laughs> if you accept the premise. That, like, this whole fucking thing is possible, then it is entirely possible that, like, while you were hooked up to the City of Light, it's like being hooked up to a ventilator, right? Like, the ventilator is still using your lungs for, like, connection and yeah, whatever. Your brain to, like, dead during that time before, and then when you come back, your brain alive again. Yeah, but, like, instead, the chip is actually what is sort of manning the, like, move. I'm, I'm moving it's a my backup. arms. You can't see it. It's huh? a backup. But it's not. It's a ventilator. It just happens not to be, again, there's nothing wrong with what the setup that you're describing. Right. But in this it's just one, not one that they've chosen. It's the setup that the scientifically case. makes sense. <laughs> None of it scientifically makes sense. <laughs> no, if you take that, but no, no, no. We've talked about this in terms of like the COL, like how is it yourself in the COL? And that is like taking the same organizational impulses that you have in your brain, like the neuron structures and how they're connected yeah. to each other, which builds your memories, et cetera, et cetera. So it's duplicating that and copying it over to the system so that your consciousness is there. And so you can connect to that consciousness, apparently. But like you can't but, just it doesn't make it just doesn't make sense. To but here's just, the like, thing: we are we are also presuming that the flame has the same technology that altered carbon moon people have that City of Light had, and it's entirely possible that Becca's flame is different than Allie's chip. Mm -hmm. Like Becca's flame is different from Allie's chip. Like in the in the way that it actually works, because Allie made her chip way later than the flame and so you know she may have changed how that sort of stuff works but the fact is that like this is the way that becca d and i i wonder if like if we assume that if we accept the premise of the show that the mind can only be in in one place uh, you know the ventilator the ventilator theory if you will <laughs> and i shall um then then that's it. That's just how Becca made it. And whether or not it was a hardware limitation, that that is how it works best, or um, a, 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 plot a, a cognition. Oh, for fuck's sake. Yeah, that's what they chose to do. I'm sure it will come back and be important. Like, <sighs> yes. I know. I know. Yeah. Um, because, well, but... <laughs> I it know. It could just be like a metaphysical thing, because like this is the mind. It has an identity. It has... You know. It's more interesting if Clark is in the in the flame. I mean, yes, I would like her and and Lexa to constantly be running away to do it. But now, you know, and I'm sad to find out that that isn't happening. Well, but so um, better for Maddie's sake. Obviously, what makes sense? Like, so Maddie in five twelve was like, you you bore it so they didn't have to. 
Are you bared it? Is it bared the right word? Whatever she said. She said Clark's words from Matt Weather. So for Clark so then that doesn't now make sense. not to be in the flame, it doesn't make sense. A. So anyways, whatever. Clark's not in the flame. Clark is only sometimes in the flame. How about that? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. This is clearly the way that they have decided to retcon the flame. Um, There's a lot of retcons on this show. <laughs> so yes, I guess we'll yes. just take this in stride. Did you as see long the as thing we're saying that it's a retcon? <laughs> did you see? Um, I don't know if it was a Reddit post or a Twitter thing that was basically like, you know, the, the name the hundred doesn't really make sense anymore. Like, and it hasn't for a long time because yeah. it really hasn't been about these hundred kids in years. Don't um, and what would you name the show instead? Um, we could call it the retcon. <laughs> <laughs> What terrible? did they retcon? Whatever, Jason doesn't listen to our show. Um, so Bob's made the important, in, the good point in terms of not arguing necessarily that the science is an issue, but that the show already told us that Clark was in the flame because they had Maddie say one of Clark's like big season two, season three, season two lines. Season two. Season two lines. Well, I bear it so they don't have to. She learned that from Lexa. But she didn't say it to Lexa. Yeah. She what said it. it I bear it so they don't have to. Who did she say that to? Bellamy. How do Bellamy. we know if she didn't say that to Lexa? Because we never saw it. Well, and there was no well, point. She might have said it off camera. Mm, I, I feel like we're getting, getting, we're getting a little she, reachy here. When she explained what happened at Mount Weather, she might have used that phrase. I, I'm 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 gonna say like I was with you on the science being 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 acceptable, Shaheen, but I am with Bubs on the fact that if if they use such a clear Clark line that we know that she said to Bellamy in like a very important moment, um, then they were trying to tell us that she heard it from Clark in the flame. But now they're saying JK Clark is not in the flame. Which I, I'm I'm I, I'm fine with the idea that the mind can only exist in one place. That doesn't bother me as a I'm concept. just saying it's not inconsistent. You're just saying that it's that's what you think the likely implication was. I, I guess I should give context that's, to my concern and maybe that'll make more sense. Okay. <laughs> so I think Joe and I talked about this, is that I feel like there this is all like a setup to bring Lexa back in a different body. And I just don't know that every, anyone's here for that because the whole magic of Lexa was Lexa. Yeah. No, and, I'm I'm with you on that. Like, and so, it yeah. made it work because of the, and I'm going to say, like, the, the unexpected chemistry. actor chemistry. Yeah. Um, that's what really made it work for at least this gay. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, like, it's not going to be... Even myself, I cried when they had sex. Like, <laughs> so I did not cry when they had sex. I but. cried. I like teared up. I was like, "Oh, it's oh. really beautiful." Yeah, Wait, I the part where they the part where Clark was leaving, or when they banged the second time? When they banged the first time. Oh. Um, I mean, when sweet. she like when Alexa died, I, I wept. Oh, oh yeah, same, no, that was but like that's a given. Um. The, on, yeah, that's a given. But like, I I was like, oh, like they're getting to I, you know. I don't want them. Uh, yeah, I am like eighty five percent. Don't don't bring Lexa back. And I say this as a total Lexa stan. Um, yeah, they would they would uh, the the way that they could convince me for the fifteen percent is like I have to see that actress and be like her. Exactly. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, and, and I just like And the only actress, and I have one in mind, but I know yeah. that it's not gonna be her. Um, she's on Into the Badlands, and a few oh. people who I know watch the show are like, she's kinda like if they did a grounder prequel show, like she could play Lexa. <laughs> like that was like the vibe that she gives. But at the same time, yeah, but otherwise, like if it's just like some girl, no. I no. thought you were gonna say um Lena from Supercore. <laughs> I was like, I mean, maybe they could do that. <laughs> I mean, it's CW. I wouldn't say no. I would not say no. I don't think I don't think that she has the right vibe for it. But anytime yeah. that I get to look at Katie McGrath on my screen, like that's fine. I'm not going to dancing, complain. maybe dancing. That's fine. Um, but no, that I guess that is my concern, and I feel like that's what we're gearing up to. Because why else? Why not make Clark in the flame? Uh, being there to like you know support Maddie, and like my my dream was to, like one day like have like this like flash to the flame where like Lux and Clark are like in a cabin on a lake <laughs> and they're like god it must suck out there <laughs> like you know like it's somebody had the, got the good life um so yeah i'm upset that that's not what's happening um and i'm concerned about what that might mean but apart from that How like is that related to bring alexa back because if if clark's not in the flame then i mean why would you take lexa out of the flame if she's in there with clark Basically, it, it's just it, it's just a theory. It's a theory. Yeah, it's a theory. Um, I'd like to move us if it's okay. Yes, we uh, yeah. yeah. I don't do we want to talk? Gaia. Should I? Yeah, yeah. No, don't have Gaia. Shit, did we not even get to that? God damn it. <laughs> no, I mean that was the <laughs> first thing. <laughs> that was the first thing Gaia said. The second right. piece of information Gaia gave us uh-huh. about the flames. She said that um, the flame presents the wisdom of past commanders, but it's up to the host. Of which direction they want to take what they receive um so like you get all of the commanders yelling at you in the flame and you have to decide who's right and who's wrong and this is interesting i mean that's not quite what titus said about the flame um it seemed like well i mean titus said that it it augments the person's own characteristics and that um, somehow we were supposed to think that, like, the wisdom of the commanders is with you and you have the flame. But it wasn't like, oh, you're presented with, like, a, a Plato's dialogue, like a Plato dialogue. And you're like, oh, who, which character is telling the truth? Um, so, but anyway, that's interesting that, that that's how it works. So you can, te- you can presumably, I guess this, is, this gives the host even more freedom. It's like... Presumably, you can take it anywhere you want. You can just not listen to any of them, right? Um, but everyone does seem to change immediately when they take the flame. So, I don't know. It seems like it does have some effects on you that are, you know, that are not your choice. Um, well, so. can Maddie even choose to have it in her? What do you mean? Because, so... Can she you know, Maddie... Well, so... I don't know if I talked about this before because I'm surprised if I haven't, but um, Maddie never wanted the flame, right? And she got it put in and suddenly she's like, I don't want to take it out. And yeah. I, always thought, I always thought like, sh- well, now that it's in, Maddie can't decide that. Like what really should happen is it should be taken out. And then she and should then she Maddie back should, in. Should, Yeah, exactly. Does Maddie actually want it, want it in? all the way up to the point that they put it in? Yeah. But she did it like she did it for Clark. She thought Clark was going to die if she didn't put it yeah. in. Uh, and then afterwards, she didn't want to take it out. Yeah, yeah. 
So who's deciding? Yeah. I guess we don't know. And I I don't like that they don't address that. I feel like they could have very easily addressed it. They could have taken it out and Maddie could have been like, no, I want it back in. And then I'd be like, well... You can always assume that, like, Maddie sees what the flame does and she's like, oh, it's not so bad. This is great. I want it. Forget it. I, it's but okay. But we don't know that. We don't know. Right. Or it could be that, like, it's changing her into another person. We had the same question about the City of Light, you know, remember? Because when people took the chip, then they would come, they would appear in the City of Light and they would say, oh, now I understand. Now it all makes sense. Yeah. Um, so they it seemed like when they saw what was there waiting for them they were like oh okay this is definitely worth all of that well, or whatever um but but it wasn't apparently that way because when you took it out then they were they would regret everything that they did well it's um, like doing drugs while you're high you're like this is the best <laughs> and then the next day you're like oh my god what did i do that was terrible i never want to do that again you know uh-huh. yeah yeah so the same could be true of the flame. We're just always led to believe that the flame gives you more freedom, uh, whatever that means. Supposedly, but we just—it's so ill-defined. And what's up with the Dark Commander? Is it going to come back? Shiny right, like fucking Sith Lord. Revive that? No, I think I think so. I think we saw it in the preview, right? Like uh, she was playing chess with some shady fucker in a in a hood. Yeah, the um, Sith Lord. Yeah, Sith Lord. So we're gonna see that. <laughs> Um, let's see. Uh, was that it for Octavia or not Octavia Gaia before we get into Octavia? Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Yeah. So they're in the woods. There's shit happening. And so they're like, fuck it. Let's get the primary Kylie. Kaylee. Uh, Kaylee, whatever. The f- I don't even, she doesn't even deserve my name. Dude, what is your problem? <laughs> I don't know. It's just not, a, it's not a name for a grown woman. It's not. And you know why I don't like her? Huh? Because, um, she was a foster mom on the show um life unexpected which is like for some reason i'm not even gonna say it's the best show i've ever seen it's not but like for some reason i rewatched it every six months like all of it um huh. it was a cw show slash wb maybe um and she is like a, a terrible foster mom on it and so, and so like, you already hate her well because it's like normally i don't do that with actors but because it's one of those shows that like i rewatch all the time it's very close to my heart like it's very hard to see beyond the bad foster mom and so yeah fuck her <laughs> <laughs> um yes oh i just realized that we didn't even talk about the uh death is life chanting do we have anything to say about that other than the fact that they're driving home the fact that we're gonna get to altered carbon yes so what do you think that means exactly it means that basically like without it's actually the you actually brought this up bubs that it's the 12 monkeys answer without death there can't actually be life like nothing means anything if it's it's their red forest nothing actually means anything if you can't die, if there's no end to anything. And so they're very clearly against this sort of like aristocracy or royal class that like never actually changes. It only changes bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, That's at least what I took away from it. And maybe they're going to- So this is, means, is necessary for Yeah, like is, like being able to die is what- for life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, like being able to die is Mm -hmm. what makes you alive. Yeah. It's not the entirety of what makes you alive, but it's a part of it. It's necessary for it, but it's not sufficient. Yeah. 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 Anyway, so. Is usually means necessary and sufficient. Yeah. Yeah. Pedantic. (laughs) Pedantic. 
<laughs> my thing was they keep referring to this old man. So when they're talking about like the primes that they have killed, they're like um, Daniel, Faye, and Victor um, are dead. So when the old man sees this, I know he'll come back to us. And I was like, which makes me think man? it's like, is that Gabriel? Like, is he? I but like, then Russell. is he like a prime? But then he would be like two hundred something years old, so that doesn't make any sense. It's just, I, I mean, that's like a, it's definitely a mystery that I'm sure we'll solve. But like, yeah, that's I thought they Russell. Scratcher. Huh? You thought it was Russell? They want Russell back? He does um, have gray hair. Mm. <laughs> um, what did they? I, I didn't catch the part about them getting it, getting him back. I just heard him say. With all of this stuff, can you reject us now? Um, yeah, they said that too. With all this yeah. stuff, can the old but man reject like us? But I feel like killing a bunch of primes is probably not the best way to get Russell to like them again. Like a threat? Yeah, like I don't, I don't think that... So I think that there's something else, but I think that they are also being like a bit mystical about it. Like unless there's some hermit in the woods that we're going to meet. I don't know. Like that's the thing. Like I am enjoying the fact that like, while I think we're solving some of the puzzle, I'm really hoping that like, there's a lot of the puzzle that I am going to be surprised about. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, so Bellamy and Octavia and, and all these folks come to do some rescuing and then they shuffle off Kylie, Kaylee, whatever. Mm. Mm. Um, they shuffle her off and then everyone's like, hide behind a rock. My knee's fucked up, says Bellamy. And then Octavia's like, fuck you. I'm going to just go kill a bunch of people. Oh so God. that happened. I was and like, do uh, not engage is not part of Octavia's vocabulary. No, no. Or, but like, I, 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 maybe it's a show that conditioned me that I, I just like, why would they not attack? <laughs> right? Like, why would they bring Octavia along? Like, come on. That's, yeah. that's what she's there for. Um, I, on the one hand, like, I get, like, Bellamy get, well, no, you're, you're, you're a Bellamy stan. Talk me, talk uh, me through him shutting out Octavia. Yeah, I, I, I don't, you know what? She doesn't like that part of it. I, I right? felt, I felt the puppet strings, you know? I, they were clearly faced with someone who had peril. they didn't even know if, if Maddie and Gaia were alive. They were on the ground, you know? So... They come upon the scene. There's these three guys. They had stolen the weapons. Maddie and Guy are on the ground. Why is not the first impulse to attack these? Because clearly it seems that they are dangerous um, and don't um, mean any goodwill or else the, their team would not be on the ground. So I don't know where all this outrage comes from. They're like, they were retreating. And I'm like, were they retreating? Because what I remember is Bethany Brown was like, I'm going to take the guns and I'll like meet up with you guys later. And they're like, okay, we're going to wait here for like everybody. You know, they're waiting there for that crew. So they weren't retreating. <laughs> so I, I, I don't know when Diaz, Diaz is like, why did you do that? They were retreating. Like, were, they were not retreating. Like, did I miss something? And so I, like, Octavia was like, I'm going to put myself in danger. I'm going to save everyone. I'm going to just go do this. Like, this is what I need to do to get up back on everyone's side. It's like how I took it. And she goes and she gets the job done very impressively, may I add. Um, <laughs> and then everyone's like, bitch, why'd you do that? And I was like, what, why wouldn't she do that? Like, she, she came on this mission to rescue people. They were like 
incapacitated. I, I don't know. I don't understand the scene at all. And then Bellamy's like, get, go on, get. Like, <laughs> sprays her with like a spray bottle. Yeah. Like. <laughs> and, and it's just like, and then like, she's like, she's sitting there. What I would have preferred, what I would have preferred, which would have made it work for me, would have been Bellamy and Octavia getting into a verbal, um, match where he's like you can't just run in like you have to listen you have to make a team decision this isn't you against the world anymore like you have to listen and and octavia is like well i did whatever whatever and then um he's like i just don't think that you're ready for this like there's so much writing on us being here like you can't like you fuck this up we're all it's fucked up for all of us and then he's like he's like okay Come on the ship, but you need to go back in cryo, and we'll we'll deal with everything, and then I'll wake you up when we've, you know, we're in a good place, and we'll talk about things. <laughs> if he had said that, and Octavia was like, Fuck no you. way, fuck you, and then just ran off, that makes sense to me, and that still is Bellamy standing his ground, and in being like, quote unquote, he's supposed to be like the level-headed one now. How dare he, like, make that decision on behalf of everyone about Octavia? You know? He didn't even ask Nyla. He <laughs> <laughs> Thirst crew. I mean, he's so, going to get back uh, up okay. there to space and, like, Nyla's going to be like, so I had, I bought candles. This was going to be like. Yeah. This was, yeah. this was date night, Bellamy. Yeah. So I think there was a right way to do it. I think there was a right way to like run. To exile Octavia. Exactly. That was like diplomatic. Like supposedly he's, I'm like, I'm really rolling my eyes at this Bellamy. And I really, so Bob Morley said that season one Bellamy would be coming back this season. And I'm just clinging to that right now (laughs) because I hate this Bellamy. He's just not like, he's not who I fell in love with and thirsted after. (laughs) Like I'm really like repulsed by this Bellamy. Um, and I just, I, there's a lot of people on Twitter who are like, I'm so glad Bellamy finally stood up for himself. But like, again, like my issue with season five was there's a a place and a time and there's a way to do it. And like, this comes up with like the way that Raven cuts down Clark in front of these opposing people. I'm like, you're a smart girl. You know that this is important. Shut your damn mouth. And like, go with what's best for the group. You know what's best for the, you know, like a moment like that, where it's just like, you want these characters to be the bright people that they are, um, and that you know that they are. And so Bellamy in this instant was, I I mean, I don't even know how to describe him. Like, I don't know. So that was my thought, being a Bellamy fan, (laughs) a huge Bellamy fan who's just disenfranchised at the I mean, moment. I think I think in some ways it, it's possible that Bob meant season one Bellamy as in like impulsive and this was like an impulsive and childish thing to do. Yeah, I guess so. Well, that was true in season true in season five too. Yeah. Ugh. So nothing is coming back. It's just there was what Bellamy was in season but five. But that was supposed to, that was supposedly level-headed Bellamy. But you're right, it's the same. <laughs> right. But that was... Because, so, like, no, can I uh, comment on this? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Go ahead. I actually have to pee. Um, so, okay. So, we can separate, of course, the question of whether Octavia is a shithead or not from the question of whether... Bellamy is a piece of shit or not. Um, yeah. So, shit in one hand, <laughs> shit in the other. That's the show. Yeah. So, okay. 
as far as Octavia, um, first of all, it's not clear to me that there is necessary to attack. I mean, generally the rule is whoever initiates uh, the aggression uh, is the one who can't complain if they yeah. get killed. Um, and so, in other words, the only type of aggression that's considered okay is self-defense. If sure. you're already being attacked, then it's okay to attack. But otherwise, it's not. So, whatever they're doing, they're not attacking you. And maybe they tied up your people because they were afraid or they're threatened or whatever. Maybe they, your people are being crazy. Or you have no idea, so you can you should you should just first of all like scope out and see what they're doing and try to like see if you can talk to them or something. Yeah, but um, reasonable and measured and calm and thinking is also not Octavia. Right. No, I'm saying this is why I disagree with Bob's that this was the necessary thing to do. And then, secondly, even if it is true that you had to attack, like you wait a little bit and like scope out the situation and like figure out what is happening exactly you don't just jump into every any group of people you see is like Octavia is like fuck or kill she's like any <laughs> the human body she says like can I fuck this or can I kill it uh it's like chill the fuck out like you, it's not attacking is not always the answer um so and even if like you want to initiate aggression you can be smarter about it even though okay she's effective but it's still one against five or whatever um anyway and so like what what she did means at this point that these children of gabriel they have the right to annihilate all of them and no one can complain that's the consequence of what octavia did they can kill every single one of them and they can't complain because they killed their people for no reason. What's the con- well, but what's the um, Wait, but was it consequence for, no for paralyzing three of their people and stealing their guns? Like, I mean, did Octavia they just didn't... steal their guns for like brick well, brick? They don't know what's happening when what happened will what led to this situation. As you see, when they come into a situation they see, see some scary strangers, they attack. So they can't blame them for feeling threatened and, and paralyzing these people. And they, of course, didn't kill them. So if you find someone, even if they're taking a hostage, you find a hostage taker, you don't just shoot them. You try to talk him out of it. If they seem like they're going to hurt someone, then then that's a different story. So anyway, I think it's just initiating aggression. It's not equivalent to what they were doing. Uh, they well, didn't kill anyone. I felt like we know because we know that they were just paralyzed and we know that they weren't killing them. But I don't think that that's like the situation they walked on. I mean, was it clear? It wasn't clear whether or not they were dead or still alive. So I can totally see it was a perfect storm of Octavia going to fuck up a lot of people because, A, she was already looking for a fight. Like, that's all she kind no, of No, I'm not saying it's strange that she did that. It's totally in character for her to do that. I'm just saying I agree with everyone who said that she shouldn't have done that. At least she shouldn't <laughs> have been so hasty about it. So now, yes. as far as Bellamy is concerned, I totally agree with, with you, Bubs. I think Bellamy oh. is um, totally annoying. And <laughs> I think that what, <laughs> is that what you he's crying, saying... Bubs? 
Yeah. <laughs> Say what? Bubs is crying. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think that what she's what he's doing and saying is not only kind of out of character, especially like long term. Yeah. Like I could see Bellamy being pissy for a while, but you would think that over time, that's just not how Bellamy thinks. But on top of that, it contradicts. I mean, his behavior contradicts his his assertion that his sister died a long time ago. Because if you really thought that this chick is not my sister, um, then you wouldn't care. Um, like you'd maybe be mad, but you wouldn't be disappointed. But Bellamy is every single time he's disappointed in Octavia, which means he thinks she is his sister. You wouldn't be disappointed in some, you know, asshole that you don't think is your sister. Mm -hmm. um, you just maybe be mad at them or whatever. Like, the amount that Bellamy cares for Octavia and still tries to, like, tell her what to do and, like, direct her in the right direction or whatever, that just shows that he does think that she's his sister. So, his, what he's saying contradicts his behavior. Yeah. So it makes it worse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, or maybe we, we have we are supposed to think that that he doesn't really think that that he's just saying that, um, or he's deceived himself, or he's just saying that to Octavia, but he doesn't actually feel that way. Here's the thing. I, I'm I'm certainly not as focused on the Blake sibling dynamics, but. <sighs> The main issue with Bellamy sort of forcing Octavia to go on a walkabout, do we not remember what happened on Earth? Like, Octavia goes on a fucking walkabout, gets taken in by grounders, becomes a master fighter, leads, like, the, like... She shacks up with some old 30-year-old. Like, what is <laughs> happening? Like, basically, we're just getting Octavia... What's up, Electric Boogaloo. Like, it's gonna be the exact same thing. Like... Yeah. Uh, you know, she, she's Octavia's going to go with the with the children of Gabriel. Yeah, like especially because they like killing primes. They're going to hire her to kill primes, and then it'll be a whole fucking yeah. thing because she's going to be really good at it. No, children of Gabriel are, are Octavia's jam. Yeah, exactly. But uh, I'm <laughs> prime um, slayer. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yes. if you think that someone is a loose cannon, you don't send them out. You know, just on their own, you you try to confine them. Uh, maybe um, Bellamy's tired of his arms are tired of hugging. Yeah, well, which but like that's like my Bucks argument about saying, the cryo. Like, you would have been like, "Hey, can you stay on the ship?" Because well, I mean, the cryo makes sense, up. Bubs. But sorry, yeah. you don't get that. I, I don't get Bellamy making sense. Octavia has to go meet her Lincoln two point which I think that we <laughs> met him, the guy yeah. who kicks the mushroom cloud. Yeah. <laughs> and like that's Lincoln 2.0. Love it for yeah, the sight. first person who tortures her. That's the one she falls. Oh my god, with. right? First sake. person who kidnaps her. That's this, the one she falls. This goddamn with. show. Octavia has a type. You know, oh, so Bellamy what? choked Clark in the second episode. There's still hope. <laughs> <laughs> there's Yay. not. There's not. Um all right, do we have anything else before we get into our well actually and petty dickery? Um, I think I'm good. Should I do like very bare bullark crumbs, or should I just not even talk about it because they're so tiny? I mean, that's that's up to you. That's up to you. 
Yeah, I guess I'll skip the. I mean, we got we got some Murphy crumbs. Yeah, that was that was actually some pretty solid crumbs. We got a hand on a shoulder and like an apology, and then and then and then a a hand over that hand, and you know, don't worry about it. Like Murphy rising. Yeah, I guess like my two crumbs were like that. Bellamy stood up for Clark being the leader when she wanted to leave, and this was like right after um, what's his face was like. Tell me who's expendable. Clark apparently wasn't expendable. Um, and then the other thing just is like, like the list, just like the list. And then the other thing was, um, if you so when I was trying to think about the Arctic because I was so mad about it, and I was trying to like make it make sense in a way that like wouldn't like completely upset me. And then like you think about earlier in the episode, Abby told Clark the reason why she bought, brought Maddie down was she's like. I meant to, like, get her away from Octavia, mm-hmm. which didn't happen because Octavia had snuck with them. Yeah. Um, and so if it's Bellamy looking out for Maddie for Clark, and that's why he doesn't let Octavia on board, which, again, just put her in cryo. <laughs> um, then from that perspective, it's Bellamy repaying his promise to protect Maddie every way that he knows for Clark. And then it goes into like so when they when they reunite at the end, um, and Maddie runs to Clark, um, Bellamy doesn't even look at Clark, and I was like, rude, <laughs> rude. <laughs> um, but then I thought about it. I'm like, if I'm gonna like find my crumbs in the haystack, um, I guess my crumbs would be that like maybe Bellamy's not ready to confront that because he threw Octavia out to protect Maddie for Clark, and that's not a fun decision that he wants to face. Which is, like, that's reaching. I know it's reaching. <laughs> but, like, you know, I guess, like, so if somebody Malark wants crumbs. to reach with me, you know, you're, shoot you're, for the stars. You're, you're, the you're on your belly with, like, a ruler digging under the fridge and, like, trying to, like, kick out, like, all of the cat toys oh, totally. that have gotten under there? Totally. Yeah. I'm, like, I taped seven straws together and I'm getting that Sprite, you know? <laughs> Um, okay, so, well, actually, um, do you want to go first, Shaheen? Um, sure. Do you want me to? Yeah, and then I'll do mine, and then we'll do Bub's. Is that okay? Yeah. Alright. Um, so, okay, this is really, like, nerdy and... um, Yeah, no, I I read the first sentence, and I was like, (laughs) oh, we give a shit about this. So, yeah, bear with me. So, okay, how exactly are the two suns situated with respect to the moon and the planet? Because, so, like, is it like a binary star system with the suns swirling around each other? Um, Or how are they exactly, how does it work? Are they, like, rotating in coplanar, like, uh, orbits or whatever? Um, So... Because, like, I would think that, like, in a lot of setups that I can imagine, it would be hard to get such long and dark nights. Um, like, they have day and night, whereas, like, if you have two, and they're fucking ginormous, the suns are, like, fucking, like, it looks like they're, like, a million times closer than our sun. So, anyway, it's like, will it ever even be night? Um... Are they just and, perpetually living in Alaska, like during during the summer? And I mean, there was there would always be a little light. I would I don't know. So a lot of times, at least, unless like the the two suns are kind of really far away, 
and they're rotating around each other or something like they're confined to this to that region and from the point of view of the planet or the moon it's really a straight line to both of them and then in that case um it could be like one situation i was imagining that would be really cool i mean it could be that it rotates normally like the earth and that you have day and night which it seems like what they're imagining but i think the sun should have been far farther away than what they were showing um but anyway the other thing i was thinking i would i would have really loved it there's another like thing that they could have changed up that wouldn't have been like earth is if the axis of rotation of the planet or the moon or whatever we're on uh, lines up with the line that connects it to the two suns assuming the two suns are far away enough um then what happens is that it will always be f- one side of it will be facing the suns and the other side will always be facing the other the other way the same way that our moon happens this is what happens to be the case for our moon which is very interesting and I, it puzzled humanity for millennia until we got to actually go to the moon because we never got to see the other side of the moon because our moon rotates the axis of rotation lines up with the line that connects it to the Earth, which means that we always see one side of it. So the other um, side of the Earth sees, the other side of the Earth laterally from us sees a different moon than we see on this hemisphere. Um, no, everyone who sees the moon only sees one side of it because it's always facing us. That's, that side is always facing us. Got it. But there is another. Um, so side we, for for you know, the longest time we didn't know what was even on the other side, um, but you know now we know. Something what if there was different. no other side of the moon? It was just like it was just a half. half <laughs> yeah, it was like a half sphere. Yeah, the yeah. premise of another Earth. <laughs> so was- if this was the case, you know, it would be cool because one side of the planet would always be day, and one side would always be night, right? And wouldn't it be cool if like the the downtrodden, the like the children of Gabriel, whatever, they were banished to the dark side, to like the part that's always nighttime, and they get shittier things because like their plants don't grow. It's always night, you know. Plants need sunlight. So, so the children of Gabriel yeah. are on the dark side of the moon. Yeah, wouldn't it be cool? But but no, because the. Would it work like that? Because you'd think that the the side of the moon that faces the planet is only getting the reflection. Sorry, the I'm planet. saying facing the the sun. So it's this. I'm saying the sim- analogy with our moon and our planet. But imagine the same thing with the moon and the suns, because we're living on a moon, right? Yeah. In this story, so this moon, imagine, is facing the suns, such that it always one side of it is always facing the suns. And one side is always facing away from the suns. Yeah, but what I'm saying is that wouldn't the planet act as the reflector of the sun? Oh, I see. So that the other side does actually get sun, it's just the reflection. The way that the so, moon reflects the sun to us right. at nighttime. But it's so the opposite because it's bigger. how big is the planet uh, from the moon? How, can, how big does it seem? Because it's like if you big. go to our moon... Earth is kind of, looks kind of small. I mean, it looks kind of like a bigger moon. Yeah. Bigger than our moon, but it's still like a, you know, it's not like right in your face. You don't actually see anything. It's just like a little uh, disc, right? And so it would be like nighttime, like night light, moonlight mm-hmm. coming from that planet. Um, 
which you know it will you can get around but you still can't um like grow plants and stuff <laughs> okay so you would like more information on the astrological sort of uh yeah yeah, yeah okay. how are these axes aligned and the suns and the, what parts of the planet? Is I, there a part that's always night? And it's all I, I don't want to make you sad, but I don't want you to happen. get your hopes up for like yeah. a, com- a comprehensive answer. It's me alley all over again. <laughs> um, so It's more likely than the, the intersequence that we're going to talk about. Is this a segue? Okay, yeah. Uh, well, so I was going to do mine, and then we'll we'll get okay. to Bubs's intro sequence. Okay. Um, so they said that they were colonized by four families from Earth, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, even if they were big families, even if they were pretty fucking Mormon, even if they were like the Dugers, um, <laughs> that's not enough people for, gen- for genetic of, like, diversity. You're forgetting the embryos. Oh yeah. Uh, they came with embryos. That's the second class. Do we have how they... Oh, that's fucked up. Yeah. I mean, oh. family... What is a family? Like, a tribe can be a family. Like, everyone's related. And they do interbreed. And yeah, there might be a lot of birth defects. Just a couple of duck it babies. bottlenecks. It bottlenecks. It's but fine. I mean, it's not really... Like, like with your... If you're, like, have a child with your cousin, the... You, you might hear that, like, the chance of, like, a birth defect is, like, two times or three times or whatever. But that just means that it goes from, like, 0.1% to, like, 02 or 0.3% or something like that. I don't know the exact number. But, like, mm-hmm. it's a small number still. Like, the vast majority of the time when you have a child with your cousin, it's fine. But but um, let's yeah. just say that even even if there were six people in the family, like, that's, you know, four kids, mom and dad, <laughs> that's still only, like, 24 people. No, like, I'm saying not... like maybe it's a hundred people or like, like oh Jacob's God. family. <laughs> anyway, you know, that's that's like my back well, in the actually. Day. Maybe it maybe it just has to do with the embryos, but then they have to be implanted somewhere, so that gets a whole whole other kind of squicky. Um, anyway, ovens. my other thing is where does Gaia get her hair bleach? I think I've brought this up on the pod before. Um, I'm just that's saying just what her hair is like. Is it? Is it? Well, <laughs> in World, um, Jordan has blonde hair because Harper had blonde hair, so that you know that he's Harper's child, despite the creepy resemblance Shannon Cook has <laughs> to Chelsea Rice in Christopher Larkin. I mean, no, he looks perfect, but the blonde in his hair. That's not it, how it was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. It was unnecessary. It was unnecessary and then makes you go, why the fuck is his hair blonde? We know what phenotypes are like in yeah. a dominant slash recessive environment. And yeah, anyway. So, Bubs, talk to us about the Wait, credits. what are you saying? Are you saying like that would never happen? I'm saying, yeah, I'm saying he that would never have jet black hair with blonde highlights in it. Unless, unless Monty was oh, mixed raced. But that wasn't what was sold to us. Yeah. I mean, stuff happens And at best it would be brown. Weird. Sure. Blonde eyes are a mutation that happened at some point. Blue eyes or blo- blue eyes? Blue eyes. Yeah. yeah. You said blonde eyes and I was sorry. like, oh. I meant blue eyes. Sorry. <laughs> but I have a friend who is um, African American, but if you look at her, she looks white. I mean, if you yeah, look at her. mixed race. Her next to... No, no, no. She's not like light skin. She's just oh, you white. mean like like, fa- like 
facial structure? No, her skin is like completely pale. And okay. yeah, Mixed her genetics. facial structure is not necessarily too African either. But but her hair is kind of fizzy. Um but like anyway, like if you look at her picture next to her aunt, like her dad's sister, it's crazy cuz she's very dark. Dark skin. Um and so sometimes stuff like this happens like it, but anyway, but, he but not like like this. It doesn't not, like he would mix not have together. Yeah, black he would not and blonde mixed in together. Highlights. No, right. But it, she, he could have had complete blonde hair. Um, no, he, he would not have had completely. He probably could have had slightly oh, lighter know. hair, but he would never have been blonde blonde. Most yeah, likely it, not. But I'm saying it could happen. It happens sometimes. Well, so for example, in in the in the could happen, I am the could happen. So um, my family is Mexican. Um... My my lineage is very mixed. Like I have one American grandmother whose genetics are like French, like English, like Anglo. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the rest of my grandparents are um Mexican, and that makes sense. There's some German. There's some I don't know what. Like um, like my, in like like uh Native American Mexican. Oh yes, like, my my father took his DNA test, and he was twenty seven percent Native Mexican. Okay. Okay. Um, for example. Um, and my mom, who is half Mexican, because her, like I said, my my grandmother is Are they from dark Kansas. Skin? Um, so they don't look very dark skinned now, but like when they were both younger, they were dark. People, I guess, get like lighter with age. <laughs> um, yeah, they were just ten. What? <laughs> they were full of life and actually left the house. Well, well, There's no, but it, it's so. Uh, well, it's kind of like the reverse. How like a lot of kids are born blonde and their hair darkens. Um, yeah, it's the reverse. Yeah, my my brother had blonde hair when he was a kid. I have no idea how that's a thing. <laughs> well, no, I'm explaining it. So <laughs> genetics are mixed. Like, so my grandfather has some African DNA. You know, he's um he has descendants from the Caribbean. And um, he grew up in Veracruz, which is like near the Gulf of, or like south in the Gulf of Mexico. Um, and so like our DNA is very mixed. So when you see me next to my family, it's like I'm like a, the visiting like exchange student, <laughs> even though they're literally my blood family, 100%. And like even my sister, my sister looks Mexican and I don't. I have blonde hair and blue eyes. So um genetics like recessive genetics sometimes are make it thing. through they're they are completely yeah. a thing but they don't give you like bleach kit highlights they don't give like so if somebody is like fully um right. of asian yeah, descent which Mo- monty seemed fully of asian descent but that's like i mean appearances aren't everything like i'm saying now yeah um and so <laughs> i guess maybe I guess, he was mixed maybe he was mixed i mean if for shannon for jordan to have blonde hair he had to have been because it's a recessive trait. Yeah. So I guess that's what we're assuming. And with Gaia, I guess the assumption we would have to make is that Indra is also of mixed um, race. Except you can see her roots. Yes. She has <laughs> like, Swedish when roots. When you say recessive trait, it's not like a Mendelian thing. <laughs> what do you mean? Thank you, Bonsai. Um, It's not like a fourth of your, chil- your children will get a... Would- get blonde hair and three-fourths will get black hair. Um, they will all get a mixed color hair, I it's, assume. It's more But I'm saying sometimes freaky it... stuff happens. It's not even like recessive, the recessive genes. Somehow, I don't know what happens. It's just, 
I, f- I'm, I, I apologize. I, I apologize for this explanation. for this rabbit hole. Um, yeah. Please, please talk to us about credits, bubs. Okay. Oh no, I have one salty thing to say, and then I'll stop. Okay. So, um, everyone so knows my issues with Echo's character characterization. Nobody's surprised that this is the topic. Characterization this season. Um, and so my favorite thing was um, the perfect example of what I'm upset about is when um, the mission crew was heading towards the dropship and um, the Sanctum guards were like, oh, we can't go this far. Oh, no. Oh, no. You know, because they're soft as shit, being all right? peaceful and shit. Um, oh, bitches. And, and Echo's like, we don't need them. We'll save our family. And I'm like, bitch, nobody knows you there. You don't know anybody. They're not your family. But this is a perfect example of how they're, like, shoehorning her in as this character that's, like, uh, I don't Well, I mean, even... it wouldn't have been Bella. It wouldn't have been any of their families. Like, if it was. It's, well, no, but, the, but that's the point. It's Clark's like the family, line, but that's it. The line is to serve a purpose and it's just everything she says is nails on a chalkboard because it makes no sense <laughs> and you're just like why why are you here so that was like my perfect example if you want to understand why what i'm upset about is this like manufactured character that's all family you ha- octavia can help us like forgiveness like i'm just like is this a children's cartoon? Is this like an after-school special? Like, who is this? Anyways, my grief. Moving on to the credits. <laughs> um, so, Jason tweeted before I was blocked because I saw it. Um, that <laughs> I still can't believe he blocked you. No, I mean, I absolutely <laughs> can believe that he blocked you. I can like- too, but like, I didn't change my tweeting style. I just So, from that perspective, it came out of nowhere. <laughs> um so, it's like not like suddenly you just suddenly started drinking and saltily tweeting about the exactly. hundred. Exactly. I've always been the person I am. Mm-hmm. I want to apologize for that. Um, but so he see he said that there's Easter eggs that nobody has picked up on. So um, being the obsessive note taker that I am on the side for the show, apparently, mm-hmm. um, I went through all of it. So so Joe, when we were talking about like yeah, we're both taking notes. I was like two seconds in, still like pausing every like. <laughs> millisecond to like capture all of this no wonder it took me like however many hours to do these notes but so um there's a lot of things i picked up on and i don't know because we were talking earlier with shaheen shaheen what are your thoughts on the opening credits and what they mean for the show yeah so i i wanted to say before we get into the weeds of the intro sequence which i totally love to geek out about um i just want to um give like a shout out to all of those people on reddit including myself who geeked out about all the inter sequences in season one through three whatever um and uh you know none of it came to be um <laughs> i mean there <laughs> was the quarantine <laughs> there was yeah there was the quarantine zone there was the capital city and none of it we i thought like there would be some freaky people in the quarantine zone that were quarantined that's like even worse than this the the dead zone or whatever i and none of it i just got all bombed out and um yeah so we it's all through waste hopefully this one won't be that way <laughs> but i'm not crossing my fingers i mean we can't know until we know <laughs> yeah um so i'm gonna go through it so um one thing no <laughs> what so with that depressing note Sorry. with that depressing note we'll forge forward 
Um, <laughs> so the first thing I noticed was um, in the very beginning when they're looking at Alpha slash Sanctum, there's like an overlay of the golden ratio. And if you know what I mean, it's like the thing that looks mm-hmm. like a snail with the lines. Yep. Because um, I feel like I don't know if everyone knows what that is. Um, so I thought that was interesting. And so the interesting thing part of that, uh, the interesting thing about that is that on Earth, in nature, the golden ratio occurs over and over and over again. Um, so I guess the question is like, is that also true on Alpha? And it reminded me of when, um, Josephine's dad was like, I became a, what was he again? Um, whatever his scientific career was to disprove God is how Josephine described it. And then he's like, the more we're here, the more I'm not sure I believe that. And so I don't know if, like, the golden ratio being here is, like, a thing that contributes to that. Like, you know, or if it's just, like, a a physics thing. And that's why it still exists here. Because the physics aren't different here. Um, and so that's one thing that stood out. And um, another thing is, like, when they were looking at the the mothership of Earth crew... It's there's like a little line that says stasis stasis pods disengaged. And I'm like, shouldn't they be engaged for most people? <laughs> so I don't know if that's foreshadowing like a rebellion in space for people getting like unfrozen. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? And another thing is like, I know that we talked about the anomaly, but it's in that like that same shot that we realize how close the anomaly actually is to sanctum, I guess we'll call the settlement. Um so that's obviously going to play into things. And within Sanctum, there's like a little tracker tag. And like, I know that we had the tracker tag on the the intro screens for Earth. And I don't know if those ever came to fruition. I think that that was all about like Ali's drones. And we're like, oh my God, it was always leading to Ali's drones. <laughs> so I don't know what it means now or if it'll ever pay off. But that was interesting. Um, and then, And then we zoom into Sanctum. Um, which I, I like took a screenshot that's like in my document that I was like, does this not look like a vagina to everybody? Like, um, oh, the me, castle is the, this. is this, where is this in your, this oh, wait, is, sorry, now a, I found it. The, but, yeah. I mean, ah, the, the settlement. Um, yeah. So like the castle is the clitoris. Uh, <laughs> this is like the big Lebowski. Can this be the night movies? Wait, reference? is it, is it, is it Marie's title slide? It's pages. Pages. Is that, oh, wait. F. Oh, fucking. okay. I can kind of see that it's a vag- like. Wait, which way looking at it? Into it. <laughs> Where is sanctum in this? Straight ahead. Is is like the, the tiny white thing, thing on top of the on top of it's the, the hill? It's the clit. Oh, it's, it's the, the I mean, yeah. I I as a um. I'm asking you. I, I don't. I don't. I don't want to call myself a vagina connoisseur by any means. Um, I don't see it, but I'm never going to discount anyone else seeing it. Yeah. Well, so, so. I thought it was very um, Georgia. This is like um, Maude Lebowski's art. Georgia O'Keeffe. Wait, who's who's art checking? Maud Lebowski in the Big Lebowski. Oh, yeah, like, 90s movie reference. Check, check. Yes. Yeah. Vagina. Oh, yes, yes. Her, yes. Painting her art her. was described as vaginal. Yes. Which so. makes some men uncomfortable. 
Um, the these credit itself. sequences with Paige Turco's title card does not make me uncomfortable. Um, anyway, go on, Bubs. Uh, so in the corner of that same shot, something says, like, warning, something, something hostile life forms. I think it says hostile. I'm not really sure. So I'm like, is that, does that mean something? And then the other thing, um, I'm still, like, curious about the shape of um, the, apparently it's called Inner Sanctum. And it was finally, like, sort of explained because then when Marie's title sequence comes, there's, like, again, the golden ratio Mm -hmm. um, displayed over it. So it's created in the golden ratio. Mm Mm-hmm. So this is something that they adhered to. Um, And then um, the other thing that I saw, like, repeated throughout, and this is the big thing. This is, like, this leads to my, like, theory after seeing all of this, is that there's all these, like, weird hieroglyphic-y characters. And they, like, kind of, like, they they wiggle and change among themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, And to me, it was, like, alien language. Yeah, I'm looking at your screen grabs right now. Right. Um. So I think it's alien language. And so this is where I where the season three aspect of season six is if season one, two and three made a baby um, where we thought Asgetta was the big bad going into it. Uh-huh. And we're like, oh, we're going to war with Asgetta. And like Nia died like three seconds into it. Um, poor went out for Brenda Strong. And um, it was completely about something else. So I think think that and i'll go into this in in future slides i think that we're going to actually see intelligent alien life and that's who we're going to come up against um and that's what this language is about because 200 years it looks a lot like greek to me sure sure it does greek i don't think it's greek but i think that it it looks similar um or it might be a code that they came up with, like like much like uh uh Trey. Grounderling, yeah. Yeah, exactly. I mean, so I see Delta, Theta, you know, Epsilon, Alpha. There's the infinity tau, symbol there new. a couple of times. Sure, if you scribble enough, you're gonna get the same lines. <laughs> <laughs> Continue um, bumps. And yeah. then so we get to um my bullet point L. <laughs> Um, so we have two, two pictures and like one of them I stopped cause I was like, it had that, the squaring that you see over like cloaking in TV shows where they're like, this is cloaked. You see it because of the squares, you know, the digital squares. So I was like, oh, that's interesting. So I took a shot of it and then I'm going through the whole sequence, like play pause, play pause, play pause, you know, like very, like very Asperger's-y, I guess. I don't know how else to explain it. Um, obsessively. Um, and so it, it, in that scene changes before your eyes as if it's like uncloaking to what you see in the second thing that I took, which is like more of a deserty type thing mm-hmm. instead of a foresty type thing. So I'm, I'm like, oh, there is definitely a settlement that is cloaked mm. and we haven't heard it discussed. You know, we know of the children of Gabriel, but like, I very much think that there's a third party that's going to come into play. And I think that it's native life. I'm into it. So, yeah. So, we're so gonna maybe see. we'll get fucking aliens. Maybe we'll, we'll get, you know, last this is my moment. Silly. Yeah. Yes. It is your moment. <laughs> Take it. <laughs> Thank you so much for all of this. I'm not done yet, though. Oh, my God. The last one. Dude, I gotta go to the grocery store. <laughs> yeah, well, you're gonna have to wait. Um, I gotta buy something important. 
jobs will be done in like two minutes and then yeah. Yeah. Is that yeah. okay? Okay. All right. Okay. You so <laughs> the last the last um few images, um there's a lot that you can see in it. So it's like a map of the area. And so the parts that I picked up by like very like squinting a lot, basically. So there's an anomaly camp, which is outside of the perimeter of inner sanctum, as it's actually called. Um, And it's it's near the perimeter of the anomaly. Um, So apparently maybe they monitor it. We'll see. I guess we'll find out. Um, And then there's a bunch of other camps throughout the place. Which I don't know if that's where people live or it's where the guard goes. Who knows? And then there's a jasmine tea house um, where people sip their tea, just like fandom. Um, <laughs> and then there's the offering grove, which that's the one I've seen a lot of chatter about. Everyone's like, I'm, I've seen the offering We're grove. Gonna I know what's going some on. Exactly. And then there's the Lightborn Observatory. I don't know what they're observing. Maybe the other planets, even though they said, like, we're the lost settlement to Clark. Mm. Um so what happened to everybody else? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Um, and then there's Riker's Keep. And there's, which who knows what that is. There's, what, like I said, Inner Sanctum is where we see like those sushi slices in the castle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the Silka Keeps. Again, don't know. The something something like could not zoom in enough on that to see what that was. And then there's the Mimic Spear Hunting Grounds. <laughs> which I'm, I hope we see like some weird animals. Like some like magical warthogs or something. And then there's like a skull face somewhere where you're like, what? <laughs> so those are the things that I saw. So you skipped over lava fields. There are oh, lava, lava fields. fields. I, I did. Not on purpose. That was an accident. Lava fields. What is that? I don't know. So I would like to hear what listeners, <laughs> if I missed anything or if anyone has thoughts on what those are, because I, do we have thoughts on what those are? Do you guys have thoughts? Uh no, I'm I hope that we find out like a third of these at, at you yeah. know yeah. that's what I will keep. Um Thank you so much for going over this, Bubs. You're welcome. Yeah, it was this very is painstaking. Well um, done research. All right, we'll 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 each have like 30 seconds uh to recommend a TV show, game, book, movie, whatever, um and then and then we'll go. Um Shaheen. So, I'm going to recommend a book um I'm listening to the audiobook right now. It's called Doing Justice, A Prosecutor's Thoughts on Crime, Punishment, and the Rule of Law. And it's written by this uh, guy uh, who is an amazing um, prosecutor. He used to work in the su- Southern District District of New York. Um, his name is Preet Bahara. Or oh, Bahara, sorry. Um, and yeah, he's sometimes on TV. And so... I actually saw an interview with him when he was expressing concern that right now um, there is the human. He was saying that there's always a human element in law and he's worried that the human element can sometimes um, be um, too much, take off and take up too much of what's happening. Mm-hmm. Um, well, because, I you know, Scalia? well, no, I've heard about this, this idea that uh, they want to sort of change the courtroom so that jurors only sort of hear a computerized voice mm-hmm. um, and yeah. don't actually see the defendant or anything like that. Like basically making it as sterile and objective as possible um, so that, you know, a charismatic prosecutor, or, you know, a, a really like sympathetic, um, you know, uh, defendant or something like that. That doesn't sway. Yeah. I'm all for that. Yeah. 
Anyway, continue, Shane. Yeah, I mean, he goes Great. through all sorts of ways in which the human element comes into play. I mean, if you think about it, you think that we have laws such that we have laws just exactly so that uh, everyone doesn't like apply their own interpretation. Um, and so there's like, we, we all know what's going to happen. Um, but there is, in fact, people who are administering the law, they, there are still people and it still matters whether they're virtuous or not, whether they're biased or not, whether they're honest or not. And so he was, yeah, so it's, it's very cool. Read it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> oh, um, so I don't know if I've talked about it before, but In the Dark on CW is about this blind girl and it's a mystery and it's really fucking good. And there's a dog named Pretzel. I probably have talked about this, but like, I don't, I, I don't think you people. have. Oh, good. So I don't think enough people are watching it and it's actually really good um, and it deserves to be watched. So she's angsty and fun. Um, yeah. So watch In the Dark. Okay. Um, I would like to recommend, uh, and I think I already did before, but now I'm like really sold on it. Um, mm-hmm. Gentleman Jack, um, which is, uh, it's on HBO. It's the true story, actually, of a woman um, in the Victorian era, late 1700s through the early uh, 1800s. Um named Ann Lister, and she was fucking gay. And she um, she was very smart. She was part of the nobility, and she kept very, very, very meticulous diaries um, of her life. Uh, she has, I think, like something like four million words worth of diary entries, which is phenomenal. Um, but a lot of it was written in code because at the, you know, obviously she can't really talk about her lesbian conquesting around Europe, um, you know, in, in regular language. And so they were actually decoded in like 1988. And of course, historians are like, this seems fake. Maybe they're friends. And, you know, we're like, oh my God, they were gay. They my were gay. My goggles are bad. Oh my God. So the story actually picks up where, um, so, so it, it's it's got a very kind of like interesting jaunty tone to it, um, and she's very smart and good. And the story sort of picks up with uh, her. She comes home to sort of like run her family's uh, coal mine or whatever. Um, you know, she's landed. She's you know they've got money and responsibilities, and um, she sort of aims to seduce this other girl named Anne. Everyone on this fucking show is named Anne. I'm pretty sure each of them respectively have their own Aunt Anne. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but so um, so she and this woman in real life actually ended up getting married, um, quote unquote married. Like they considered it a marriage. They took, uh, this hasn't happened in the show yet, but they are actually recognized as uh, England's first um, gay marriage. Uh, in some sometime in the 1800s, they went and took Easter communion together and lived together and we're a married couple. Um, and so anyway, so it's a show on HBO. It's funny. It's it's good. But I will say it wasn't until episode four that I fucking fell in love with the show. And I am obsessed. And I, one of our uh, good internet friends, uh, Wino Megan, and I are just in DMs um, yelling at each other about this, like, all of these feels. Um, so even if you are not gay, I would recommend this show, but if you are, um, you should definitely watch it, even though it is known and a, a, a consensus has come with the fandom as well as professional critics, that there is not enough banging in this show. 
Like we need some out, <laughs> like like occasional Outlander levels of banging. Like you're gonna write a story, like you're gonna you're gonna make a make a TV show about you know Europe's first prominent lesbian, and like you're gonna fucking fade to black every time. Like come on, more sex. Rude. Rude. Anyway, Rude. now that I've gone on that rant, um, do you guys have anything else? Do we want to nope. say how surprised we were that um, Batwoman looks actually really good? <laughs> Yeah, In speaking of gay, um, <laughs> I won't gay. go really good because I temper my expectations with Ruby Rose and the CW quite a bit, um, uh. but it doesn't look terrible, and it's not very often or ever that I see someone in media who looks like me, Aww. like my kind of gay. Yeah, um, uh, Yeah. I mean, I'm going to watch it. Are you going to watch it? Yeah. yeah. I wasn't going to. I was <laughs> then like, you saw it and you were like- I was like Batgirl with this girl that everyone talks about being like a terrible Batwoman. actress. Batwoman. Yeah. I was, whatever. Um, Batwoman with a girl who's known as a terrible actress um, in, in the height of like superhero fatigue. Um, of course I'm not going to watch it. And then you sent the trailer to all of us and I was, and I was just like, fuck, I'll watch it. Who cares? I'm not <laughs> doing anything gay else. gay and angsty. Yeah, I'm not doing anything else. So I, I like, I play it and I was like, who? Oh, oh, okay. Like, it looks really good. And there's, like, a lot of things I'm intrigued by. Like, the forbidden love, the father-daughter relationship, the, like, Batman secret cave. I was like, tell me And more. Ruby Rose is very palatable for the straight ladies. They yeah, she's she's adorable. She mm-hmm. is adorable. And, like, so I didn't notice the bad acting yet. <laughs> I guess we'll see if that's – maybe she got a, a new coach. I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll try to get Shaheen to watch it as well because I'm sure that he loves I feel like he'd like superheroes. it. Yeah, who doesn't? Yeah. Um, yeah. Anything else, you guys? Nope. All right, crickets. Uh, go to your store, buy your personal uh, product, Shaheen. And, oh, my God, um, guys. All right. We, we will again. be back next week at some point about episode four. Maybe Bubs will get banned again. Who knows? Woo! It's a roller coaster. Bye. Guys. Bye. <laughs> Bye.